just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go One. My name is Dave Warnke and as always I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello David. Hey, Hello. Dave. You know what uh, they say about us? Jess Perkins, perky by nature. Yes. Matt Stewart likes to eat stew sometimes. Yeah, they by just nature. say that. Wow. Yeah, did Dave you know Warnke that they said that? loves to start wars. Yeah, he's a warmonger from Germany. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, that's half true. You're from Germany? No, I'm not. <laughs> You're a warmonger. <laughs> okay. Every day I learn more and more about you into our yeah. ninth year now. Is that yeah. right? Tenth yeah. year. Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> Dave's more about, he doesn't start like, you know, war wars, but he, he does little sort of inter-social group wars. Oh, yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll do little just- did you hear what? <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah, yeah. hear what they said? I did a lot of whispering behind yeah. my hand. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, the the movie Bride Wars was actually inspired by Dave. Mm. He split up a few weddings. Initially, it was called Bride Warnickies. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> they were like, let's draw on that. Yeah. Day. Ugh, another Hollywood e- edit. Anyway, here we are. Um, I would love, if you don't mind, to explain how this show works. Me? Me. Oh. We, we you. To, someone's you volunteering once for once to, to explain. I can do it. Yeah, great. Do you want to have a crack? I would love you to. Okay. Um, oh, God. Okay, now I'm sweating. Um, all right. Okay. So, like, um, okay. Whatever. So, <laughs> there's the three of us. Mm. Um, that's Dave over there. He's Hi. the cute one. That's <laughs> Matt <laughs> over there. He's the sassy one. Mm. And I'm Jess. I'm the girl. And <laughs> <laughs> that's my only personality trait. And we take it in turns researching topics, usually suggested by our listeners. We go away to our own separate homes. We research. We write up a report. We bring it back to the other two who don't know what it is, and we listen politely. It's Dave's turn this week. We couldn't be happier. Yay. He's the best in the biz, the biz being out of the three of us. It hurts every time, <laughs> but he is the best. And we always get on topic with a question. I don't I used to say, I used to sit back and say, yeah, he's the best, but I don't anymore. Now I think we're all the best in our own ways. I'm the best at being a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're even more than that, Jess, but I would don't, say that I am a don't feminist. Push me. <laughs> Just what? let me be. Okay, well, the listeners can't see that I was pushing you, so you've really <laughs> put me in it now. 
We start with a question, Dave. Right. My question is, who are you? Jess Perkins. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to pay that. By The Who. Oh. Was the theme song. Yes, I. Miami. <laughs> For what long-running TV show I have heard it, it is CSI, CSI, the original one, Matt. You're doing an episode about CSI? Yes, crime scene investigation. We had 15 glorious seasons and four incredible crossovers. I don't understand. Each more fantastic than the last. But I wager that the CSI cinematic universe, the CSICU, would never have existed if not for today's topic, which is Francis Glesner Lee, the mother of forensic science. Whoa. Whoa. Geez, that would have been a tough birth. Pushing out forensic science. Could I argue that I, I hope should- it was a C-section, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. So the C stands for in CSI? I, w- I was hoping that we that you could argue that I deserve a point there because I did answer that question accurately. Mm. Who are you? Jess Perkins. Uh, honestly, if you're keeping score at home, which you know at least one person is. Bob. Bob? Is it Bob? I think it's Bob. Bob. We just get an email twice a year from Bob with an update. So <laughs> I think it's Bob. I think it's Bob. Bob, if you can hear me right now, give well, me a sign if it is Bob. Okay. I saw a little flutter. Yeah. Really? A little dust flooded. Yeah. I think that was Bob. Wasn't the aircon, that's Bob for sure. Bob's powerful. Bob's speaking through dust. <laughs> that's nice. So, yeah, I get yeah, a point for I'd that. I'd pay you both a point for because that. Because I am Jess Perkins. Bob, that's just a point for me. Let's take it seriously. <laughs> but have we heard of Francis Glessner Lee? Of course. You just mentioned them. Yes, I hadn't before. Uh, no, I have not either. Beautiful name, Glisten. You know what I was told years ago? Women don't sweat, they glisten. And I think maybe that- Is that going to come up in this report? Yes. Is that yeah. where it comes from? Yeah. <laughs> Very sweaty woman. <laughs> Glisteny. I'm glistening. A woman trying to rebrand sweat. It's not sweat, it's glitter. I'm sparkling. <laughs> Uh, this topic's been suggested by a few people. Max Edmonds from Bristol, Amy Schaumburg from Chuella, Washington. My goodness. And Hunter Hansen from Dallas, Texas. HH. Cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, let me tell you about Francis Glesner Lee, who was born in Chicago. The Windy City. The Windy City. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> he waits. He knows. Did pause. On March 25, 1878. Now, she was born into a very, very wealthy family. Her father formed International Harvester which was a manufacturer of agricultural and construction equipment. Now known as Navistar International Corporation, it became the fourth largest corporation in the country. Made the big four. Big four. So, wow. her family, very wealthy. When you said he formed International Harvester, I was thinking a super group. <laughs> That's so good. He was on keys. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you know you're wealthy when your house is so big and historic that one day it is turned into a National Historic Landmark and Museum, which the John J. Glesner House has been. Wow. Glesner House was where our topic, Francis Glesner Lee, was brought up. It was designed by one of America's most famous architects, Henry Hobson Richardson, and his style is known as the super catchy Richardsonian Romanesque. Beautiful. And so the, their home has been turned into like a museum. Yeah. That'd be really annoying um, for my neighbours because I live in an apartment building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's like people charging admission to get into that apartment. But also imagine how tidy you'd have to keep it. I'm oh. assuming you're still living there. <laughs> yeah, I'm still living there. <laughs> just people having a look at my house. It's a living museum. Look, there she is. <laughs> I'm just making a cuppa. Yeah, this is my kitchen. Uh, this is a sink. Yep. Uh, great. That's my dog. <laughs> he is very distressed with all the, the people coming in and going. The landlord's just trying to get a new tenant in and you're, like, in denial. Yeah. Oh, you've got a few oh, more uh, people nice. want to see the museum. Always <laughs> nice to meet some fans. Come on in. 
Uh, cash only, please. Thank you. I will be accepting questions. <laughs> Dave, I think I I just heard that the name is what is it? Glesnor. Glesna. Okay, it's it's a quite a, a margin away from Glisten, which I thought it was. Mm. So what I said before, don't worry about so it. Discount that from the record. <laughs> yeah. Happy to do that for Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> so the Glesna residence, which is this massive place, was uh, Richardson's. That's the guy that yep. is uh, the architect, Richardsonian. Henry Hobson Richardson's last work. He died three weeks after its completion at the age of forty-eight, and it does feel a bit like the building killed him. But in fact, it was kidney disease. Oh, okay. Uh, that he got from the building. I was looking into because I was like, did something happen with this building? But no, apparently he died very young, sadly, because of that. Wow. His Wikipedia page writes, despite an enormous income for an architect of his day, his, quote, reckless disregard for financial order meant that he died deeply in debt, leaving little to his widow and six children. Oh. Shit. So he just spent it up whilst he was around. You hey, can't take it with can't you. Can't take it with you, but you probably should leave some for <laughs> yeah, your kids. Leave some for the kids. They're really, there's a- Some, but, you know. Sounds like you left some debt for them. Oh, that's nice. That's something to remember him by. Yeah. Like, a burden. Dad, you can't take your debt with you. And he was like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> the John J. Glesner House was built in a very well-to-do neighbourhood full of newly minted industrialists. The house's own website. Imagine your house as a website. It writes, following the great Chicago- No, I'm, I'm easily impressed. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Imagine. <laughs> Anyone can have a website about anything, Dave. <laughs> It's really easy. Thanks to our sponsors at Squarespace. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we've set up jessesapartment.com. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it says on the website. Following the Great Chicago Fire, a six-block section of Prairie Avenue served as the residence of many of Chicago's elite families, including nearly 90 mansions that earned it the name The Sunny Street That Held the Sifted Few. Oh, my God. That's so catchy. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> The sunny street that held the sifted few. Is that, that's one of the worst sentences I've ever I heard. I don't understand any of it. And yet proving you can put anything on your own website. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Cased in granite, the house is like a fortress or a castle, and the design was very different from other houses on the elite Prairie Avenue, and not everyone liked it. This interview feels like it comes from a very old episode of Grand Designs, <laughs> where the neighbours are always pissed off about whatever they're building. Railroad sleeping car CEO George Pullman, who lived across the street in a traditional Second Empire mansion, said, I don't know what I have ever done to have that thing staring me in the face every time I go out of my door. Pullman, that's that's a he's big time. Big time. Wait, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago when I was talking about uh the one of the guys involved in the, the Lake George Monster. Oh yeah, yeah. He sold he sold his um his luxurious Sleeping cars. Sleeping cars. That's his thing, yeah. Oh. There you go. Wow. And so he says, I don't know what I did to deserve to do that. I do know what he did. George Pullman was a piece of shit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I've got to look into this guy. Oh, my God. Struggling to maintain profitability during an 1894 downturn in manufacturing demand, Pullman decided to halve wages and required workers to spend long hours at the plant, but did not lower prices of rents and goods in his company town. Mm. Britannica writes, for those who lived in the town, wages beyond rent had been barely enough to live on even in prosperous times. Now there was hardly anything left afterward. So these oppressive economic conditions ultimately led to the Pullman strike, which was very influential on American labour laws as basically a large section of the country's transit, the trains completely ground to a halt. Yeah. Because they all said, I'm not working for you right now. 
Pullman gained presidential support from Grover Cleveland for the use of federal military troops, which left 30 strikers dead in the violent suppression of workers to end the strike. Shit. What a piece of shit. Yeah. And when- yeah. I don't know how he thought that would help. I mean, I know how he thought it would help, but he just didn't see his workers as humans. Mm. Yes, exactly. Wild. And when he died, if I he- get it. I don't see you guys as humans. <laughs> Do you see us as your workers? Yeah. <laughs> There's a hierarchy at Dugo on. I know technically on all the official paperwork we're all co-directors, yes. but <laughs> I think we know who's really running the show. <laughs> your 33.33% is a little bit bigger than our 33.33%. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so when this guy died a few years later, having returned his business to thriving prosperity, he remained exceedingly rich. His Wikipedia writes- he had fears that some of his former employees or other Labor supporters might try to dig up his body, so his family arranged for his remains to be placed in a lead-lined mahogany coffin, which was then sealed inside a block of concrete. At the cemetery, a large pit had been dug at the family plot. At its base and walls were 18 inches of reinforced concrete. The coffin was lowered and covered with asphalt and tar paper. More concrete was poured on top, followed by a layer of steel rails bolted together at right angles and another layer of concrete. The entire burial process took two days. Dave, this is wild. You know that that, that has come up on an episode recently as well in Block. You, do you remember that Lincoln's body ended up yes. getting buried, yeah, in, he concrete was buried in concrete because, yeah. he got, because they were copying a guy who was worried about his body being dug up? Is this him? That's him. No. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That's wild. I'll try not to stop you every couple of minutes from going, oh, <laughs> Pullman's, he's uh, related. I didn't know he was an arsehole until now. But those, yeah, those that are funny. two That was two episodes from the last couple of months. Yeah. yeah. That never tweaked for me. I'm sorry. So, I do remember that Lincoln, you know, they decided, let's never let this happen again. Yeah. Let's seal him in. Seal him in. Yeah. But, but I forgot that he was- They copied a- Pullman. But this guy's so worried about it because he knows he's been such a prick. Yeah, he knows. It's not even like- It's <laughs> so funny, isn't it's it? It's so funny. It's like, oh, I've been such an asshole. They're going to do weird shit to my body. Also, you're dead. Yeah. Who cares? It's but not yeah, like, okay, cover yourself in concrete. Like, I'm sorry for what I did. It's like, I know I did real bad stuff, yeah. so just dip me in. A lot of people are really mad at me, so let's make sure they cannot get to my body. I feel like, you know, let them have me. I've, I was rough to them. I'll be dead. If it makes them feel better, let them chop me up or I, something. I feel like if you really want to avoid it, just go cremation. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Surely that was around. All right. We've yeah. been cremating for ages. Yeah. Haven't we? Some Who knows? people, I think there's different religious beliefs back uh, then. They didn't think that was the way to go. Right, but yeah. You, do you reckon you're able, are you able to get to heaven if you're covered in 38 metres of concrete? <laughs> yeah. How's, you, how's your soul it's getting out? It's difficult to get out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So, in life, I'm pleased to say he had to look at a giant house across the street that he hated. That's so, at least there was some suffering. Yeah, Great what a news. detour we just went on. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. So, the Glesner house is this massive thing. It had three bedrooms for family use, which sounds quite modest, mm. but it also had two for guests and eight for servants. So, 13 bedrooms in total. It's quite a big house. Oh, that's unlucky. Oh, yeah. What do you think it's about nice that? It's nice that the servants get their own rooms. Mm. I imagine they're all And not just like, luxurious. I don't know, just like fucking cr- cr- crawl, up, crawl up on a little bag of buffer thing of towels. <laughs> a little, sorry, what? <laughs> a little blur of towels. A little blur of towels. I was hoping somebody else would take it. I was like, oh, no. A little blur of towels. We're suddenly joined by a southern bell. 
<laughs> my back's quite wet. Would you be able to send in a couple of fresh tires? <laughs> my back's quite wet. Why is your back wet? It's sweaty down there. I'm sweaty down the yeah, I'm just, exactly. I've been walking through, walking through the this this Texan sun. <laughs> <laughs> a little old me. Is that where? Is that Texas? Is where the uh, Southern Bells are from? Well, I think there's a bunch of yeah, probably all across the south. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say pile of tails. I always pictured them further. Mm. I don't know where I pictured. Hey, them. I think they have the well, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> you can say almost any state. You say, oh, Northern Scotland. <laughs> 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 yeah, you could be southern for anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a state of yeah. mind. They could, they move. They travel these yeah, bells. They They're quite wealthy, some of them. Uh, Frances Glesnelly, who is the main topic. We'll get to her in a minute. But her father, John, who's the very, very rich guy, is described by the family website as, imagine your house has a website. Yeah. Uh, a prolific writer producing many short pieces relating family history, including a tribute to his wife after her death, as well as more obscure topics like potatoes and snakes. Sure, you got to cover all bases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe that that was worth noting. Yeah. I'm interested in potatoes. And snakes. Yeah. Yeah, snakes to a lesser degree. But do you potatoes. Feel like, like, is a story about, is potato an obscure topic? <laughs> I guess back then, maybe. Maybe, maybe. it was. But they were, like, they were, they were an American vegetable as well, so not even obscure. Yeah. They're an American vegetable? Yeah, I think I learned that recently from Bill Bryson. That, oh um, isn't it funny? Like tomatoes as well and avocados and stuff. So it's so funny that. So, like, so North America is what you mean, right? Yeah, North like, America. Including Mexico and things like that, right? So, yes, that's right. The con- North American continent. But it's so funny to think of like dishes around the world that yeah. seem like Italian food you can't picture without tomatoes. Yeah. But they only have had it for, you know, a few hundred years. Well, they've mastered it though, haven't they? Yeah. But Americans just making ketchup. The Italians are like, no, 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 we'll make some passata. Thank you very much. I think there's a bit of an irony when Italians are like, the Americans don't, they they can't make pizza. Pizza's ours. Like, well, tomatoes is theirs. So yeah. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> you know? You're going to make uh, a potato pizza? Uh, tomatoes is theirs. <laughs> tomatoes is theirs, okay? Don't even bother replying. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, sometimes your your drama degree really comes out because you've done two characters today where I'm looking at you the whole time and I I lose you. Like Dave disappears and the character emerges. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, look different. You trans you transport everything. It's amazing. I think, yeah, beautiful to watch. I think it is beautiful, and he is an artiste. <laughs> so yes. I've been tra- traveling Bell and also annoyed Italian. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Wait, wait, you're American Italian or? Yeah, an American Italian. American Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. What are you going to do? <laughs> I had tomatoes there, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> so that's her dad. Her mother was Frances Macbeth Glesner. Incredible. Love that name, Frances Macbeth Glesner, who kept a diary for 40 years. And her husband, who I said loved to write, he did because he frequently wrote her diary for her when she was ill. And imagine he's writing stuff like, John is so great. <laughs> I love John. I love John. John, John, John. John, John, John. John's my best friend. Three cheers for John. Now, this is how the website describes Frances Macbeth. She was also a silversmith, accomplished pianist, and avid knitter. She also gave away many of her silver pieces as gifts and purportedly knitted more than 500 sweaters for children, employees, and servicemen. As for silver, her pieces bear her hallmark, a G encircling a honeybee, iconography for another interest, beekeeping. 
She also attended all rehearsals and performances given by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, one of her greatest passions. Oh, rehearsals and all. Doing a lot of stuff. A lot lot of hobbies. I guess you can knit sweaters while watching orchestras. So maybe there's a few that you could knock off and then give away silver at the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have TV. Right. I think if you don't have TV, you really, you find there's a lot more hours in the day. What was her main gig? Well, as we're about to discover, in uh, in this family especially, women not really allowed to pursue a career. Yes. Okay. But she sounds like she made hobbies a career. Yes, that's right. Doing lots and lots of different different things on the side. And also a very practical woman, which might influence her daughter. Let's talk about her now. Their daughter and our actual report topic, Frances Glesnerly, came along in 1878, the youngest child and only daughter of the family, nicknamed Fanny as a kid. She was homeschooled by tutors just like her older brother, George. Which is, Fanny is funny to us because of what it means, but in America it just means ass. Yeah. So, <laughs> not funny. It's not funny. They've just called their daughter ass. Yeah. Well, Whereas here it means yeah. front ass. As a feminist. Can I say front ass as a feminist? <laughs> I don't think you can. No, okay. I think as a feminist you have to say the word. Uh, vulva? Yeah. Front vulva. Front vulva. Front vulva. <laughs> <laughs> you think of the butt as the back vulva? I, I, I think of the butt as the back fanny. The back fanny. Yes. yes. Right. Which is, I think, must have been where it got confused between, you know, English and Australians. I think we use fanny for the front and Americans use it for the back. Mm-hmm. So, a fanny pack to us yeah. is a bum bag. Yes. <laughs> you know, I love culture. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, that is confusing because even though the, usually you'll have your bum bag at the front, mm. not around the back. Which I think this is probably where the confusion came. Yes. So people are going, it's a bum bag, and they go, oh, they must just say bum for the front, so Fanny yeah, must be the it's back. Very confusing. Fanny became the back in America. Mm. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, I remember Marge Simpson saying to one of the kids something about being on your fanny. That's got a like, starfish on the fanny. Yeah, like, Marge, what the fuck what are the you talking about? What Marge? the hell, Marge? What the fuck are you? Jeez, Marge. Jeez. My God. My God. <laughs> this show has really gone to the dogs. <laughs> this usually fantastic family show. Wonderful yeah. program. I wasn't allowed to watch it for a long time. Well, well because of such saucy yeah. stuff like Yeah, our parents were hearing fanny on starfish on the fanny. You go, no, 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 no. Excuse no, no. me? Not for my little angel. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they've named her daughter Fanny. Ass. Fanny, exactly. And being <laughs> Sorry, a wo- Fanny. I get the two confused. Uh, and being a woman, especially of her family, like I said, she was expected to grow up and be a society lady. Yes, very important job. Her brother went to Harvard University. Sure. But Sorry? Ma- Sorry, I, I actually don't know how to say this word. Can you look at it on my screen? How do I say that? Harvard. University. Thank you so much. <laughs> Harvard. <laughs> Perfect. You, Is that right? you yeah. know this word as well. I don't well, know. Well, I learned it from Jess. Okay. <laughs> Harvard. 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 So, brother went there, George went there, but many places reference her father as saying, quote, a lady does, doesn't go. <laughs> father. Father. He said, quote, a lady doesn't go to school. Yes. Sure. Gentlemen never shits, a lady never goes <laughs> exactly. to school. Yeah. I'm right. from the same era. Yeah. <laughs> ah, so we're getting a rough idea. Yeah. Of well, I existed in the yes. same era. Yeah, of course That's you did. That's true. Instead, Francis learned things like sewing, embroidery, and painting, and importantly, the art of miniatures. Making, yes. Making intricate dolls, houses, and scenes. Apparently, making these miniature scenes was a very popular hobby at the time. Okay. Sort of try and create ultra realistic scenarios. Again, no TV. No, <laughs> no video games. No Sims. What? If, that, so if I to- didn't have the Sims, I've been playing since I was 11. The fuck the hours I'd get back, That's what honestly. they were doing, though. They were building the Sims. Yeah. And we- then setting fire to the room and watching what happened. <laughs> is it, the Sims is basically just modern miniatures. 
It is, isn't it? I guess so, yes. Ha! Huh. Huh. How about that? Wow. I remember uh, I used to work at a supermarket when I was a teenager and uh, there was this one of the managers, we were going to see a band or something, and he was a bit older. So I'm like, this guy's real cool, you know. <laughs> nice. Get to his place, pre-drinks, uh, and he's uh, just packing away the miniature army people he's been painting. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, huh? <laughs> oh no! I was just like, well, if he's cool. That's cool, you know. That sort of. I, took, I, I wasn't judging, but I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, you know, you become less judgmental as you get older. Or I have, yeah. Anyway, I know you, you uh, David, more and more judgmental as you get older. But um, Is that true. <laughs> I hope well, I don't think yeah. so. But no, it is, I it cannot is walk down the street without Dave comment like going like <laughs> that top with those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And he, yeah, he always refers to people as honey. Yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> it's weird. Honey, no. Because <laughs> it feels like honey, Dave, you can't talk like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Babe, you can't talk like that. Yeah, I can't say honey. Babe, you can't pull that off. <laughs> you wish you could pull that off. <laughs> So, Frances wanted to be a doctor or a nurse or, in her own words, do something in my lifetime that should be of, of significant value to the community. Wow, that's nice. Especially for such a rich person to yeah. be, like, thinking about other people. Yes, the community. Yeah. Um, yeah I want to help people. What? They usually think of them as workers and not people. Yeah. But she was forbidden from all such pursuits. Yeah, that makes sense. Imagine her society friends uh, got wind of this. Yeah. She wants to help. The greater good. Well, uh, Shut it down. Well, with, without irony? Yeah. Huh? Well, maybe like a dinner for schmucks type scenario. <laughs> yeah. We'll feed some fool. Wait. But we'll be laughing at it. We'll be laughing at it. Do you mean you want to throw a really fancy soiree that looks really good for you, but we could say we're doing it for charity? Is that what Is you that mean? Because that I can get on board yeah. with, sure. <laughs> a cotillion? Yeah. I still don't really know what that I means. No it's idea. from the OC, though. Mm. Which is most of your knowledge of everything. <laughs> everything rich, everything poor. <laughs> wow. Both sides of the tracks. Yeah, Chino. Hey, Chino. <laughs> that show had everything. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Yeah. Is what I would say when I meet you there one day. Yeah. What a great line. <laughs> In 1898, at the age of 20, she married lawyer Blewett Harrison Lee. Blewett. First name Blewett. Blewett. First name Blewett. Blewett. How's that spelled? B L E. W E double T. That's Blewett. the same as uh, Greg Blewett. Greg Blewett, the Australian cricketer, but surname Blewett. Not yeah. first name Blewett. Surname Blewett's incredible. First name yeah. Blewett? Greg Blewett is one of the great names. Greg Blewett. But Blewett first name, is that better or <laughs> worse? Name, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm confused by this. Goes in reverse order of surname, half surname, first name, first name. Blewett. Harrison Lee. Oh, yeah. That's a reverse name. He's got a reverse name. Can, he should be Lee Harrison that? Blewett. He should be Lee Harrison. That is a much oh, better name. name. That is a much better name. Can we fix that? In in post-history? Yeah, let's fix that now. Let's go back in time. Get the DeLorean. Let's go. Mm. And I'm sorry to say that Francis Glessner Lee, that's where the Lee comes from, married Blewett Harrison Lee, not Lee Harrison Blewett. Lee Harrison Blewett. She fantastic blew name. She, she blew it. She you blew it. it. This is my husband, Blewett. <laughs> Like, how could you say that seriously? Yeah, come on. Hello, um, I have an appointment. What was your name? Blewett. <laughs> Blew no, what? sorry, your first, first name. name. Yes, that is Blew my it. first name. And what's your surname? Lee. I'm sorry, you've got this wrong way around. Answering the phone. Hello, Blewett speaking. <laughs> like, how do you take yourself seriously? You, you, you're saying it like Blewett, comma, Lee? You're not saying 
Your first name is actually Blewett. That's impossible. Yes, I am saying my first name is Blewett. <laughs> well, yes, I am. Why, why do you ask? Oh, my God. And he was a lawyer, too. He's trying to be no taken idea. seriously. This guy. Jeez Louise. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> I hate this Dave, guy. Dave, do we hate him? Yeah, he, you're allowed to hate him. Okay. We hate we him. Hate we hate him. him. <laughs> they had three children together. We hate him we for hate that. It. And we hate them, too. No, we don't. We <laughs> hate the children. They are related to Blewett. I, I didn't have any record of their names. They were probably awful names. Yeah. Yeah, they've got Blewett blood in them. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> They're half Blewett, yep. so I half hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's her husband. It was actually a friend of her brother that would introduce her to her lifelong passion. A medical examiner by the name of George McGrath introduced her to the then-fledgling world of forensic investigations. Already a fan of Sherlock Holmes, when George visited the family home and told her about the cases he was working on, Francis was absolutely fascinated. Couldn't get enough. I love how Sherlock Holmes has influenced, like, real world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because before that, a lot of people weren't thinking in that way to solve a crime. And you did do a whole episode about... uh, Sherlock Holmes and the guy who wrote And Arthur him. Conan Doyle, that's right. But did did Arthur Conan Doyle take anything from the real world or, or did he in fully invent these things in his stories? Do you remember? Uh, I think there's a bit of both. So, he was, like, not a detective. He was a doctor by trade, medical, yep. medical doctor. And I think some of the Sherlock is was, from memory, based on someone that he knew in his life. But I think a lot of the scenarios and the way that he would, you know, detect yeah. and yeah. break down clues were- so good. We're wholly new. And they weren't, we got to say, they weren't the first detective stories. Right. We know that um, Edgar Allan Poe is actually often credited with being the first yeah, the, detective uh, story. The Rue Morgue. That's right. Murder in the Rue Morgue that we covered on Booksheet. Mm, I thank God, because you were both looking at me and I was like, I don't know. What you don't know what I'm talking about. about. The fact that I could remember Rue Morgue. Yeah, that's good. Very honestly. impressive. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, George McGuire actually later, so who's the friend that would come around and tell her about the cases he's working on, things he's studying. He later became Boston's chief medical examiner and became very famous in the field. Mm. It's like at the time, it's really only just taking off. And he piqued the interest of young Francis, but because of her conservative family, she was unable to pursue this fascination with any formal education. So she very quietly read about science and crime scenes, sometimes even visiting crime scenes to further her own private research, which sounds pretty full wow. of. Wow. Say that again. She would just go to crime scenes to crime just scenes out of interest. And just right. examine and have a look. I have mean, a how look. else do you learn? Yeah. I think I'd. I'm, Good question, and we'll answer that. I misheard slightly. I was thinking. You were saying that she was creating crime scenes. Yeah. That, honestly, when I first read that too, I was like, hang on, you know how often, you know, like there's an arsonist or something, yeah, the person yeah. who comes to, you know, it turns out that- you They're know, in the yeah. volunteer firefighting. Yeah, yeah things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Or like, on, I'm sure on a bunch of those CSI NCIS crime shows, there are things where it's like, hang on, actually, it was the cop all along yeah. who liked to stage these scenes. It felt like that, but don't worry, she's not a killer. Okay. Yet. What is she? <laughs> Which kind of crime does she do? <laughs> In 1914, 16 years into what has been described as an unhappy marriage, Francis and Blewett divorced. Could they do that? Yes, but it was very controversial at the time, ah. particularly in her her echelon of society, and she was dependent on her wealthy but very conservative family from that point on. Right. And but I think-, I think she made the right call. Yeah. Cut out Blewett. Yeah. I don't know. I just think he had so many opportunities to- Make their marriage work. But and what, what did he do? I fucking- He muffed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. I wish there was a, another term. <laughs> 
we've worked together for too long that now, like, it's the easiest alley-oop ever. I'm just like, okay, here we go. And there we go. Yep, we've done it. Muffed is actually probably a better name than Blue. Muffed. 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 Hello, Muffed speaking. That's fine. Well, I like. I honestly quite like Muffed, but Blue. I cannot get on board. I quite like Muffed. Muffed. Little Muffed Warnicky. Hey, who knows? Don't have a boy or girl. Muffed. Muffed. Little Muffy. Little Muff. Muffy. Muffy. That's nice. Uh, in England, uh, I think that <laughs> means the front. <laughs> We can't travel there anymore. So that was 1914, and then she sort of lived a, a pretty, by all accounts, pretty quiet family life. But 15 years later, her older brother George died in 1929 following appendicitis and pneumonia. Then her mother died in 1932, and her father in 1936, just before his 93rd birthday. And you're wow. swearing she's not a killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was 93. Okay. The perfect crime. Yeah. <laughs> no one will suspect a thing. And being the sole heir... Francis Glesner Lee inherited the lot. Oh, my goodness. And now- that, That's motive. Yeah, <laughs> you would say that. And now, 54 years old, she was suddenly phenomenally wealthy and, more importantly, finally able to spend it on whatever she wanted. Sweaters. She's getting back <laughs> in the new yeah. game. <laughs> no, that was her mum. <laughs> yeah, mum loved the sweaters. She's yeah. like, throw that out. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting for her. I mean, obviously, she probably is missing her family, but be fun to uh, not be a prisoner in your own home anymore. Yeah. Mm. Do you reckon? I imagine. Okay. So now, so much money, more than you can ever spend. She immediately thought of the stories that George McGrath, the medical examiner, used to tell her. Slate writes in an article that I will link to in the show notes that George would complain that the murders too often went unsolved because detectives misinterpreted or tampered with evidence or coroners with no medical training botched the autopsies. The incredibly named Bruce Goldfarb. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Bruce Goldfarb. I think you were at Bruce Goldfarb and I'm like, I think I assume I know where this is going. Yeah. I did not know where that was <laughs> no, going. Goldfarb. A farb with a B on the end who was a spokesperson for the Maryland Medical Examiner's Office, he told Slate in that article, investigators used to do dumb things. They would walk through blood, move bodies, and put their fingers through bullet holes in clothing. You imagine just walking to a crime scene and just stepping through the blood. Sort of, oh, what's that? I'll put my finger in that. <laughs> yep, I'll have a lick of that. Fantastic. <laughs> Got to get all the senses involved. <laughs> Sniff this. <laughs> stick, a, stick a wound in my ear. <laughs> Hard to do. I can hear this wound. <laughs> I can hear the sea. <laughs> There's the ocean in this dead man. <laughs> the ocean did it. Case closed. That's how bad he drowned. He's <laughs> like miles inland. Drowned at sea. Drowned. Oh, well. No recovery of the body. Open and close case, Poirot. <laughs> this man drowned at sea. <laughs> yeah, they're standing next to Uluru or something. Yeah. It's like, it's a long way from the ocean, Poirot. Nah, that's the ocean. I can hear it. I don't know what more evidence you need. And autopsies were often completed by people with no specialist training at all. And things were routinely missed. And Francis, our newly minted wealthy and independent woman, wanted to change all of that. 
She thought if only these people were educated and taught to think about forensics and crime scenes, then they'd have a much better chance of solving the cases. So in 1936, she put her money where her mouth was and donated a sizable sum of money to Harvard to establish the first program. Sorry, I've missed. Jess has given me another look here. So- I was looking at Max. I was like, did you understand anything you said? I just wasn't quite sure what he said. Must be uh, like re- a community college or yeah, something. I've realised what I've done here because I've said the word wrong. Okay. So in 1936... She donated a sizable sum of money to, sorry, again, this word. Oh, Harvard. Thank you. Harvard. Thank you. Everyone's getting that. And there she established the first program of legal medicine. Oh. She basically said, here's a few million dollars. Let's set this up. Her old inspiration, George McGrath, was the first professor of legal medicine. And Francis also set up the George Burgess McGrath, she's named after him, Library of Legal Medicine and the United States' first forensic pathology program. Wow. That's very nice of her to name a library after him. Yeah. Even though she's paid for everything. Yeah. I suppose he's the one that inspired her and also yeah. talked her through the cases, educated her a lot when she wasn't allowed to a have A beautiful formal. tribute. Yeah. Would you like me to name a library after you? Yeah. Well, if I ever teach you something. So maybe not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably I'll name a bloody toilet after you, mate. <laughs> A bit rich coming from someone who has had a toilet named after it. And it's an honour. It, yeah. I was delighted to go take a piss in my toilet. Okay. Well, so that's true. I would love to give you the same. <laughs> you can name a urinal after me, sure. I'm but sure. a gentleman never shits. That's so. right. Are you shrinal? That's nice. <laughs> you no, are the, the that's pun cl- master. That's classy. <laughs> was that a pun? <laughs> I think that's a pun, you shrinal. That's classy as I hell. Was a cla- yeah. Rarely a pun so classy <laughs> if that was, in fact, a pun. <laughs> yeah. It's so classy it makes me think it couldn't have been. <laughs> but I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. I don't know. You shrinal. Uh, she also set up the first- Am I saying this right? Harvard. Oh, yes. Closer. Am I getting there? Yeah. Uh, the first Harvard mm-hmm. seminars in homicide investigation- and then also, this university, Harvard, has a magazine <laughs> which paid tribute to her legacy in 2005. And they write, she presided over the seminars in grand fashion, the only woman among 30 or 40 men giving banquets at the Ritz-Carlton for the participating detectives and medical examiners, personally overseeing elaborate menus, floral arrangements, table settings. So, she's putting the money forward for the educational stuff, but also having these big seminars and also- Basically doing the, the party planning yeah, for yeah. that as well. Well, she's doing what she knows and what her family taught her to do because that's all she was allowed to do. That's all she was allowed to do. Um, but it sounds like she's sort of, I don't know, building communities as well in a way, like yes. you know, getting all these people together. And some of the stuff that her family taught her also is going to come in handy here because Francis wanted to educate police and investigators about best practice at a crime scene and also to use critical thinking when they were there study every element in order to try and deduce what's actually happened. Mm. Not just go for the obvious. Yeah, try to get the little grey cells involved. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Thank you. But it's obviously pretty tricky for multiple classes of people to visit actual crime scenes. Kind of like what you were saying before, mate. You can't. It's difficult to just go out to one. Yeah, how do you find a crime scene? Even I've when- never seen one. Yeah, especially if you've got like a whole class. Yeah. You know, if, you know 20 new detectives. You've you got want a to bus full of people. Yeah. Like you're just driving around trying to find a crime scene. <laughs> you guys seen any murders around here? No? Okay. But eventually, you're going to have to start committing crimes. Yeah. Well, so she decided to put her skills to the test and create the next best thing, miniature models of crime scenes. <laughs> it's oh cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> These were based on actual cases. 
But uh, Glessner Lee had a lot of creative license with interiors and the characters she put on display wow. in these little scenes. And she called each of these little snapshots of crime nutshells. All the clues were contained within the nutshell, and this led to the scenes to be referred to as, which I'll call this week's episode, the nutshells of unexplained death. Whoa. That rules. Yeah. That is, I, I don't I. I don't know, I even know how to get all that in my head. We've broken, Matt. Because that is that is quite a sentence. What was that sentence from earlier? That was the worst of all time? Yeah, this is the best of all this time. This might be the best of all That's time. That's the best yeah. of all time. Oh, my God, we've done it. We've done both in one episode. I can't even low. remember that one. A sifted, something about the sifted people of society on the sunny street. Oh, it yeah. Sucked. Shut it was up. Awful. Shut the fuck up. I hated that sentence. I want that sentence to die. Yeah. I want that sentence to come to life and die a painful death. Yeah. <laughs> You want, that, you want that sentence to suffer. Yeah. It deserves <laughs> Where it. Where is this one about? Oh, the my. nutshells of whatever? That oh, was the best. That's incredible. Memorable. <laughs> the nutshells of unexplained death. That rules. So good. And they weren't just any dioramas. They were painstakingly created with an incredible amount of detail and therefore realism. Francis came up with the concept and then had a carpenter build the mini rooms at a scale of one inch to one foot. Okay. Which is- Difficult for us in the metric system to sort of, sort of imagine, but, you know. I'm thinking of a six-inch sub. They're all to scale. Okay, so, 12, 12 inches uh, to a foot, right? So yeah. Just one to 12, I think. Oh, so like a foot long. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like no matter what said you were going to say, like a foot long. <laughs> uh, wait, what have they, have they got, like, uh, animatronic sort of stuff involved and stuff? Yeah, how, that's how, what I was thinking. Is it, is it battery operated? No, there's no electronics. Mm. Is there a beating heart underneath <laughs> yeah. the floorboards? A telltale heart, so to speak? I'm afraid not. Okay. Together, her and the builder would create full rooms with working windows, locks, doors, with accompanying tiny keys. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> She's made crime adorable. Yeah. <laughs> They'd build the room, and then it was then over to Frances herself to fill the room with textiles and figures, creating curtains, rugs, and tiny sets of clothes, including stockings that she would hand-knit with pins because they were so small. Just bringing in all these skills. Exactly. It's all coming together. Wow. She would knit for a few seconds until her eyes hurt because, you know, it was so small, and she's in her mid-50s, so she was sort of really straining. So she'd do a few seconds, look away, go back, keep going until she created an entire set of, of tiny stockings. But she thought of everything. Tiny burnt cigarettes left on a table in one of the dioramas are actually tiny cigarettes that she hand-rolled and then burnt and then put out. Calendars displayed the correct date of when the victim died. Wow. In one of the nutshells, a miniature rocking chair rocks exactly three times when it is pulled back to a uh, a 45-degree angle. Francis had got a local craftsman to create the chair, but had sent it back when it didn't rock exactly the amount of times a real rocking chair that she'd once seen at a crime scene did. So she was a perfectionist. Yeah. Well, it seems like some of these things aren't super necessary, but I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, but I, I question it, it a little. <laughs> Maybe there could be some focus elsewhere, but I, I love it. I just it. think, like, she did have some children. Did she want to spend any time with them? Or? It's starting to sound like no. Yeah. <laughs> I think they might be all, they're all sort of grown up I now. I assume so, yeah, but you can visit them. You know, you could get them on the blower. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no one ever mentions the children, i got to say. Yeah. A fingernail-sized mousetrap actually worked. What? <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> Which would take out the tiniest mice. There is, like, I don't know if I've seen it in a while, but there used to be these semi-viral videos that go around of people 
with these tiny little kitchens and cooking yeah. tiny pancakes and all like she genuine things. She would love things. that. Yeah. I kind of love that. That's fun. That is fun. That is fun. But it's, tedious. It's kind of like- just, And pointless. But, pointless. But, I mean, what isn't pointless? Yeah, well, when you really boil it down. It's kind of like, imagine that, but just that kitchen is covered in fake blood. That's <laughs> what she's made. Yeah. I mean, what we're doing right now is pointless. I know. What? As I said, I remembered- You could argue it is. Everything is pointless. Yeah. But it, it, Except in love. A, in a different way, everything's full of point. Holy Everything's shit. Pointful. Except love. Except love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a waste of time. Yeah, it is a waste of time. Hey, life is what gets in the way when you make plans or whatever John Lennon said. Yeah, that's nice. What a poet. <laughs> Matt I think, Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> well, I took what John Lennon said and I, I made it better. Yeah. <laughs> You've been doing that your whole life. Yeah. Um, so, there you go. Mm. Thanks, John. So, Francis contended that if they weren't 100% believable, then the police studying it wouldn't take them seriously and learn what needed to be learned. Mm-hmm. So, that's why she went above and beyond to make them really, really- yeah, If we want the police to really respect us, we need these dollhouses to be spot on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. You want to be taken seriously in this biz, you're going to make a tiny little jacket. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We don't want to be a laughing stock when the sergeant comes around okay. and he sees that the rocking chair is slightly skew with. You call that a thatched roof? <laughs> You're embarrassing yourself. I'm not even going to try and attempt to solve this crime. <laughs> you don't make dinner tables out of that kind of timber? Come on. Oh, come on. Come the on. grain's running the wrong way, for God's sake. <laughs> These chairs are different. I want to believe that there's a room between the, the way you eat the meals and the kitchen. I mean, it makes just, it just makes no sense. <laughs> That's not up to code. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it down. Start again. Yeah, that was the first ever <laughs> blooper and I'm I'm actually section. <laughs> um, actually, I think you'll find. This is a big goof. So, that's the setting. But there were also dead bodies in there. Oh, real ones. Yeah, really, really tiny ones. She, she made them tiny down. people and then she killed them. <laughs> so, truly psycho. No, there were these little fake fake bodies, I'm happy to say. They were precisely positioned, some shown to have rigor mortis, bloating and discoloration. Wow. Blood splatter patterns and angles of stab wounds were studied and displayed in accurate detail. And as you can imagine, some are pretty grim and grisly. And they depict hangings, stabbings, death from fire, people who have died from falls. So, wow. So, it's like these are like kind of nightmare dolls' houses. According to Slate, each model cost between three and four and a half thousand dollars to create, which in the 1940s was similar to what a full-size house would cost to build. Why are they costing so much? She's an absolute millionaire and she's just spending- So much. Yeah, just yeah, to get a precise- craftsman to make the rocking yeah. chair, I guess. Yeah, you know, you know, He's he, like that, charging full price. You know, it probably takes him a week Yeah, because she's so precise and it comes back and she goes, no. Nah, do it again. And in and terms of, like, the fabric she's choosing to, <laughs> to decorate, she's going for, like, designer brands yeah. and stuff. She's, she's buying full-size rolls she's and making, stuff and just cutting a tiny little corner out of it. She's sending people to China to buy the best silk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's making kitchen bench tops out of crushed Fabergé eggs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Well, they but, make for the best bench tops. So, see mm. those bricks? Those are actually gold bricks that we spray-painted with terracotta colours. <laughs> So, it's wild. It would cost the, the same as it would cost to build a house. She would create up to three in one year because it would take so long to make. Shit. And in total, she made 20. That's amazing. Which is the cost of 20 houses. But, yeah. They all have a descriptive name and some of them include, this is some of the names, log cabin, blue bedroom, burned cabin, pink bathroom, woodman's shack. 
barn. All very cryptic. Yeah. Mm, can't figure well, them out. I can't crack these codes. Just old-timey words yeah. I don't understand. Saloon and jail. Okay. Striped bedroom. Living room. Two-story porch. And garage. Garage. Ooh, garage. garage. So, he- she, what you're saying basically is uh, to help the greater good, she's spending what she could be on giving people livable houses on little- little Tiny houses. Tiny houses. Yeah, and if wow. they weren't such a success, I'd be like, what a waste of money. But as we're about to hear, they are very, very influential. Well, she, like, she could have given, what, 20 people, 20 families a house that year. But instead, yeah. she changed the game. Exactly. Of, of crime. You give one person a house, they have one house. Yeah. yeah. But you make a miniature house, you've changed the game forever. Yeah. Is that how that phrase goes? That's yeah, how yeah. that phrase goes. I think, I think that's what Jesus meant. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, the fish or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, geez, if you don't know, he's a carpenter. I once knew. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> We're talking about tradies you've met. It's weird. <laughs> Steve the plumber, good guy. Good guy. Greg good Sparky. Guy. <laughs> Rock solid guy, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> we had a um, uh, Sparky, which for international listeners is, is an electrician. Is that, that's not an Is that? Of an, course it is. Is yeah. it really? Yeah, yeah. That seems English to me. Oh, yeah, it could be, but Americans would call him an electrician. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, other Weird people. country. Other people who maybe English isn't their first language. That's so- And I, they hear I sparking, go, I don't know what this is. I really hope they've got a funny- I'm going to look up American nickname for- I bet it's something more gibberishy than that. Yeah. Anyway, we had when we were renovating our house, there was an electrician there. Sorry, by we and house, I mean my parents' house. <laughs> I don't own a house. Um, we, they were renovating. My brother was the builder on site. And the electrician was a guy named Dodgy, <laughs> who was Great. very good at his work. <laughs> who should I make this check out to? Dodgy? Yeah. Dodgy? Sure, no worries. Fantastic. Do we have any verdict on nicknames for electricians in the United States of America? I feel like they just call them what they are. Yeah, maybe. Because, yeah, Sparky's coming up a lot, but it, I think it's it's not for America. It's I think it's for British Commonwealth, it's saying. Yeah. But, yeah, nothing for American nickname. Well, I'm looking forward to the tweets. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, please. Genuinely. Americans, let us know. What do you call? I say tweets like I'm the oldest man in the world now. That doesn't, no one's tweeting anymore. No. I've, uh, I've, I've Googled uh, electrician nickname and this website called topnickname.com came up and it says uh, top nicknames for electrician. Sparky. Okay. Yep. Vulture Lord. Okay. Shocker. That was an electrician wanting to get Vulture Lord started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Breaker bad. Wizard. Okay. And what about this one? Electrician. Oh, okay. Oh, that one I don't understand. That makes some sense to me, if you think about it. Mm. How did we get onto this? I think you were talking about an electrician. Yeah, but why did I talk about an electrician? Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> the last thing I, I reached, I uh, read out was that one of the places- is called Garage. Oh, okay. Wow, we took that for a walk. <laughs> I have no idea where I went with that. I'm so sorry. I've just come to, to be honest. Yeah, and, uh, Dave, please do go on. <laughs> so each of the scenes comes with a bit of background that was given to the person studying the scene as if they were a police officer happening upon the crime in real life. They get a witness statement and other details about the deceased, in, like in real life, might inform the investigation. The people studying the scene were then asked to determine if it was murder, suicide, Death by natural cause or accident. Right, so there's only four options. They've invented Cluedo. 
Yeah. Honestly, it's it's like oh. a very, very expensive 3D clue. It was Professor Mustard in the conservatory with the candlestick. <gasps> Professor Mustard? <laughs> <laughs> Dave's scoffing at it. Professor Mustard? <laughs> yeah, okay. I think you'll find that's a Colonel Mustard. <laughs> Is that what you were doing? No, that's not. <laughs> I, thought you were I was blaming. I was like, oh, Professor Mustard. You're out of this Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard. Mustard. Professor, I you were Professor being... Green? No. Professor Green. It is. Professor Plum? Who's Professor Plum. Pl- yeah. I think Reverend any- Green. Oh. It's Reverend Green. Okay. I thought it was- Green. Uh, that was way funnier if you were scoffing, so- but- <laughs> Yeah. Are we meant to believe- A colonel, but he's also a professor. Look at the other character. That was a Dave. That's the third character. He changes his whole face. It's amazing. He became Mr. Um, actually. Oh, I love Mr. Um, actually. I still want to punch him in the face. <laughs> but you love him. <laughs> He's the kind of guy you love to punch in the love face. Love to punch. So you get your little scene and you're like, okay, here's the log cabin. Yep. Here's the background. Um, and in that great Slate article I mentioned, they give an example of one of the scene stories. This one is called Parsonage Parlour, as in like Parsonage where the, the priest lives. Oh. They live in a parsonage. Parsonage, I yeah. I thought they lived in a house. Yeah. No, they live in a parsonip. Hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> in a parsonip. In a parsonip. <laughs> They a big a, white carrot. They live in a parsnip. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Hey, you do whatever you want to do. You live your own. I'm going to live in a house. A yeah. I don't want to live in no parsnip. <laughs> no, I don't want to live in a parsnip, but I guess that's why I'm not a priest. <laughs> I can't remember what I decided not to be. It's probably that. <laughs> probably I want to live in a bloody house, not a parsnip. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just like saying pussinip. That's fun. It's very fun to say. So this is a little, little like you say, it is like a, a board game in many ways. You get given these clues. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit long. It's about three paragraphs here, but uh, see if you can solve this. We case. won't yeah. interrupt in this time, Matthew. Absolutely feel free to interrupt no? about the pussinip. No. <laughs> but this is, what, this is what you get. It says, on August 19, 1946, Dorothy Dennison left her house to walk to the local butcher's shop. It was a Monday afternoon and the high school student was on summer break. She arrived at the butcher's shop. Just around- the one student? One student was on summer break. Okay. Everybody That's else right. got held back. No worries. <laughs> Dorothy Dennison is a high school student who's on oh, summer break. Oh, okay. I see. She's, okay. She is. She, she is. is the one. Okay. She is. That could be a clue. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's keep that in I'm mind. Gonna, I'm going to note that. I'm going to make the little mental jot down of that one. Please honestly, continue. Honestly, I can't believe I made it through two sentences without being interrupted. That's actually a record. <laughs> 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 she arrived at the butcher's shop around noon and purchased some hamburger steak which her mother planned to fix for dinner that evening. Not sure what a hamburger steak is. Beef. Is it like mince, but in a steak? Anyway, who cares? Hours passed and Dorothy did not return home. <gasps> Alarmed, her mother telephoned a neighbour and the butcher, but neither had any leads on where Dorothy could be. At 5.25pm, the mother phoned the police to report her daughter missing. Days passed, but no clues emerged. Finally on Friday, Officer Patrick Sullivan found her in the darkened home of a church rector who was on vacation. Behind shuttered windows and amid covered furniture, Dorothy lay on her back, dead. Her arms and legs were spread and a knife stuck out of her gut. Her white dress had been pulled open, exposing her chest, and bite marks covered her body and legs. Blood had seeped from wounds on her head, hallowing her brown hair in a dark pool. She was still wearing the red hair bow and matching ballet slippers that she had left the house in on Monday. Is this a... This is... Is this a... Just a made-up story by the rich woman? So, a lot of them are inspired by... Real crimes. Real crimes that she's either read about or investigated herself, but then she 
puts her own spin on. She names people and gives people motivation and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, right. I was just wondering for a second, why are you telling us this, Dave? <laughs> this is really depressing. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's not real. Okay. It's not real. But you would get that. I'm trying to just say, so that's one of 20 little yeah. scenarios. Yeah, we're trying to solve a case. You're trying to solve yeah. a case. And then you look I, at- There were 20 options and you picked the murdered schoolgirl? I would say this is the only one I found the actual, because they, okay. they don't publish a lot of these online because, as we'll find, they're still used as teaching tools. Wow. Re- still? Still, still. Wow. So, that was the only one I found, because, and that's in the Slate article. So, it is a little bit violent, but I'm, I imagine all of them are. Cause it's- yes. All the murders. Yeah, well, then, but they're not. That's the thing. They're, oh. they're not some, all murders. Some might look like a murder, but it might actually be an accident. Oh, that's right. Or the other way around. Okay. So I'm thinking thing. this one's probably a murder. The, yeah, the knife in the gun. You haven't yeah. even heard all the, all that's the details. That's true. I don't that want to is, jump no, to conclusions. The, so okay. that is all the details. Oh. So that's what you get. And then you obviously also look at all the, the oh, crime so scene. That, that supposedly there's enough info on this for you to be able to solve it. Yeah. If you're looking at the crime scene as well. All right. What is it a butcher's knife? Oh, shit. Good question. I don't know. But maybe you would look at it and, and yeah, detect- yeah. That's a, that would be an absolute clue. You'd go, hang on a second, this is a meat cleaver. And if I just get out my magnifying glass, it has the name of the butcher on <laughs> yeah, the handle. Yeah. Stuff like that, I imagine, yeah. Wow. So in 1945, so she's building these over many Wait, years. Who did, who did it? I'll tell you later. <sighs> no, I probably won't. <laughs> 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 I'll explain a bit more about the nutshells. But while she's building these, she's also investing heavily in- in these teaching um, seminars that she's wanted up and then started giving herself. In 1945, Frances began giving biannual week-long seminars at Havit, using her <laughs> nutshells as training tools. So, as she's building them, she'd start using them in the classroom. She was almost always the only woman in the room, and at first people were sceptical, but over the months and years she gained their respect and admiration and soon came to be beloved and acknowledged as the expert that she was. And that restarted every semester. Yeah. <laughs> New who's, group come in and go, yeah, who's this, who's like? who's this broad? old broad? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on. They also sent her loads of Mother's Day cards every year. Because mm. they were all her kids. She'd forgotten about them, but they didn't forget her. <laughs> that feels weird, doesn't it? No, we- no word on her actual None children. None of the male professors are getting Father's Day cards. Yeah, there's no- So, I understand it's sweet. It, obviously, it's like they, like they think fondly of her, but you don't have to see every older woman as a mum. It is funny, yeah. It's it's just funny that they don't have any other context for it. Yeah, as a woman, we oh, I like the, her. The only, and I respect her, and the only sort of older woman we know is mom. Yeah, so I guess she's like my new. She mom. must be mum. <laughs> she mum. Mummy. They ask questions. Mum. I think what's happened know? here is one of the the students has accidentally called her mum one day. <laughs> yeah. Very embarrassing, and then really like committed dug, to the bit. dug in, committed in, <laughs> sent her a Mother's Day card to be like, oh no. Uh, I, I I called her mum as a joke. Yeah. It was just a joke. It's all funny. Ha so, ha. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, all the other kids are like, yeah, I guess she's our mum too. Uh, I think that then they started making um, Mother's Day cards from the other students. Oh, trying to make it look okay. like an Indian. Remember how you sent one too? And the, the other kid's are like, what? <laughs> no. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I've got proof. <laughs> they go all in on it. Look, I've made a little dollhouse that just shows you writing that card. <laughs> okay. That's weird when you do it. <laughs> she comes hers in and goes, okay. Hers are pretty good. Yours is made of toilet roll <laughs> and it's quite creepy. Yeah, really maniacal scribbling. <laughs> <laughs> she was also made an honorary captain with the New Hampshire State Police, making her the first- New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Mm. Sorry, New Hampshire. <laughs> 
Is that another character? That's very posh. New Hampshire. This made her the first woman to join the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Wow. The seminars that she was giving became nationally recognised as the best training one could receive. Shit, that's cool. So it became a prestigious and and well-sought-after course to do. And her work made a practical difference, achieving her goal of making forensic and crime investigations recognised and thought of as a precise science. That's awesome. Hmm. She also wanted to shift perception, especially on women who she felt the police at the time might have prejudices against. Look how far we've come. (laughs) So many of the nutshells depict women and also marginalised people like sex workers. She wanted the cops to leave their prejudice out of it and look at the clues and facts because it might not be exactly what they first think. Yeah, wow. Holy shit. This feels ahead of its time. Yeah, Yeah. and she set up a lot of them to be not open and shut cases rather than traditionally these cops walk in there and go, oh, it looks like, you know, blah, blah. That's over there. Yep, someone's clearly shot him. Must yeah. have, must have been, must have been the husband. And then coming in as Jap from Poirot. Exactly. It's an open and shut case, Poirot. But yeah. then if you look at look at the clues, <laughs> clearly, clearly the dad did it, Poirot. He's transforming his whole face. <laughs> You're surrounded by character actors. I love it. Lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> And you're the drama captain. I know. No, you're the most dramatic one here. Drama queen. I'm the drama queen, yes. (laughs) I'll tell you about another one of the nutshells, Burned Cabin. It's a favourite of Catherine Ramsland, who is a professor of forensic science, psychology at DeSales University in Pennsylvania. And she describes it as, there's a dead guy in the room. The story is that a nephew says he was awakened by the fire and had to flee. But then when speaking to New Hampshire Public Radio in 2015, Professor Ramsland said, a man died in it and his nephew was standing outside telling police that he barely just got out in time and wasn't able to save his uncle. But there he is, fully dressed. Oh, really? He had time to dress but not get your uncle out? So it's stuff, stuff like that, mm. little scenarios like that where you, you question a little bit further and go, hang on. And he goes, I was a, I was already awake, fully dressed. I hadn't gone to bed yet. I hadn't gone to bed yet. I sleep in a tuxedo. I fell asleep in the tux. I wasn't in Your my Honor. Pidgeys yeah. yet. <laughs> Pidgeys? See, how cute is Pidgeys? I don't know, Pidgeys. I know. Did you coin that? I didn't coin it, no. After fastball of Glenn McGraw? Yes. <laughs> Wearing his one-day outfit, which used to be called coloured pyjamas. Is that where it came from? Uh, Pidgey. Yep. Me Pidgeys. No further questions? Pidgeys. Number 11. Ooh, ah, Glenn McGraw. <laughs> Pidgeys. Pidgeys. No, an elderly family member called them Pidgeys, and I was like, that's cute as shit. Bob, am I right in saying that you did drama at school? Yes. So it means a lot that you've spotted Dave and I as talents. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, like, you this studied is high praise. At tertiary level. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yes, that is true. David, that's higher than you ever got? No, he has a degree in it. Okay. Yeah. I well, that, that's why it's so good. I'm self-taught. <laughs> self-taught. <laughs> You're a natural. Incredible I didn't do drama stuff. beyond when I didn't have to anymore. Wow. Which I guess was year 10 or 8 or Probably nine. like year 9. Yeah. Year 8, yeah. And what century was that? It, uh, oh, well. Uh, Did they call it year I, 9 then? Or? I thought uh, <laughs> Willie, uh, as I called him, Willie Shakespeare um, was a contemporary of mine. Yes. And uh, I taught him a bit. About things as well. I, I like to think we taught each other. Sure. But uh, yeah, so it was around whenever that was. 
Hey, you know, who, who, who kept, can keep who track, can of, keep these track of these things? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Willy, Willy Wobble Stick. That's what we called him around the around the schoolyard. <laughs> Fuck, that God. is good. That's, that's not mine. Ideas. That's not mine. I'm saying that's what we used to call him. That is very good, Willy Wobblestick. Willy Wobblestick. Because his name's Shakespeare. Gosh, that's good. That's fun. Oh, I never got it. <laughs> Well, sadly, all good things must come to an end. And Francis Klesner Lee died in 1962 at the age of 83. Havid shut down her seminars and program and her nutshells might have been lost forever if not for Harvard professor, mm. Havid professor, Russell Fisher, who rescued them and brought them with him to Maryland when he became chief medical examiner in 1968. He stole them from Harvard. Yeah, Rusty he Fisher. He was like, you, you don't want to... You don't want these? You're, you're not, not going to use these? these? I'm just going to- I'll take them. Mm. I'll take them. No worries. He started teaching with them in seminars and they are still being used today. Wow. He's- he, he was caught in class one day making a couple of them kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the students walked in and said, oh, no, no, teaching aid. These are teaching, teaching aid. aid. <laughs> going to teach the class with these. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying it like this. It's yeah. just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They're in love. They're in love. That's the backstory. <laughs> These days, they are permanently installed on the fourth floor of the office of the chief medical examiner behind a door marked pathology exhibit. Now, hmm. the reason I couldn't tell you the solution to the crime before is each of the nutshells has a solution secretly kept in an envelope that is only revealed after the course to whoever is studying the scene. And it gives, uh, and after right. they give their theory. So basically, Jess comes in, I give her all the clues, you get a bit of time to look at the thing, and then you say your theory, and then I hand you the envelope and you open up, and it reveals whether you were yep. on the money or not. Yep. It says Ace of Spades. <laughs> <laughs> that is this the card? It is. <laughs> Jeez, she was good. Wow. Still doing magic good. beyond the grave. But because the scenes are still used as teaching devices, they've never been publicly revealed, the, the actual answers, and they're still. Carefully guarded secrets, which I think is so cool. Yeah, me too. I'm surprised they've lasted that long. Yeah. Because you'd think that just through, yeah, word of mouth, people would reveal the answers. I think it shows that the students respect it. Yeah, and take it seriously and want to use them to learn. Yeah, they actually are. Yeah. Which is incredible. So cool. Amazing that it hasn't dated more than you'd think they would have. They'd be like, where, I don't understand. Where's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> where's their People router? Like, I can't. I don't understand. Did uh, they trip on the router? I don't yeah. see the router. Yeah. I mean, do they watch too many too much Netflix and they just died? Is that what happened? Yeah. Too much? No? But, yeah, it's interesting. I suppose it the, the idea of them being to leave your prejudice at the door is a bit of a timeless yes. kind of uh, yes. lesson. Well, I don't know. I think cops have they've, they've got there. I think, yeah. they've, I think they got there probably- Around the 90s. And uh, we've got some nutshells to thank for that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you, nutshells. That's really great. <laughs> Cops no longer see gender or, or, or nah. sex or nah. or uh, colour, creed. Definitely not. It's so good. Yeah. So now, that's cool. I think that's universal too. Yeah, everywhere. Certainly here in Melbourne. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. 
Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh my God, it's expanding, like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's, yeah. oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products or you offer services like massage or oh. nails oh my gosh. or uh, consulting. Should we after this get mani-pedis? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you yeah. might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh, yeah. it looks like Jess has just uploaded something, What? It, but it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organize your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. <laughs> now I said she created 20 of the nutshells. Maryland has 18 of them, but what happened to the <gasps> others? Well, sadly, one was destroyed and is lost to history. The other was just lost until <gasps> in 2005. Whoa. According to New Hampshire Public Radio, Claire Brown was going through a storage area in one of Glesnelly's old gigantic houses in New Hampshire, as well as their main property that's now a museum. They owned a string of properties throughout, of course throughout America. A woman doesn't, a lady doesn't sweat, she glesners. <laughs> Nah, it doesn't work as well. It took you an hour. <laughs> it's true. It did. But now you've said it. It was very good. Well, well it didn't take me an hour, Jess. Uh-huh. You might not know this because, uh-huh. you know, you're still an up and comer. But mm. uh, when you get to my level of comedy, I've been doing it what a year and a half longer than you. Maybe. What you, you understand is it's about timing. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's one thing Matt Stewart has. Sex appeal? It's time. Oh. <laughs> God, I appreciate what you said too, Dave. <laughs> so, Claire Brown, she's going through some boxes. Sorry, Claire. Most boring name. I know. Claire Brown. Is she a, a C-L-A-R-E or an I-R-E? Sans I. Mm. I actually really like, I think Claire Brown's a great name. No, nah, you're wrong though. No, I think that's I, think I that's say fantastic. that as a Jess Perkins. Like the, It's a vanilla name. I don't mind Jess Perkins either. I think Claire Brown's great. Okay. Okay. Agree to disagree. <laughs> well, she's going through a storage area in one of the old mansions in New Hampshire. Brown recalls, there was something in a far corner where the roof slants down so much you can't stand upright. I said, hmm, I wonder what that is. <laughs> so she pulled out what looked like a doll's house. But when she looked inside, there wasn't a happy domestic scene. There was a tiny dead man on a tiny little couch. It was the missing nutshell. Oh, my God. Did she God. know about them? Because that to find that, yeah. it'd be like- <laughs> So scary. Whoa. Yeah. In, a, in a corner of a dark attic? She, I don't think she did. She took it to someone else who was like maybe the manager of the property who instantly recognised what it was. Wow. She's like, well, I found this, little, this creepy little thing. Yeah. It's, and and he's be- like, oh, my God, that's one of the nutshells. 
That'd be real fucking weird. Sadly, France's solution to this has been lost. So it's the most mysterious and debated of all the nutshell scenes. Because you come in, you examine it, and you go, I think this happened, but there's no piece of paper telling you, no, this is what I I wanted to be the answer. Yeah. Oh, that's that's kind of fun. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Is that one public to be seen so everyone can debate it online? Yeah, that one is, I believe it's kept, it's not with the others. It's kept in like a, a local museum, maybe in New Hampshire or around that area where it was discovered. So you can go and have a look at it. Can we yeah. put uh, these things on the itinerary, the itinerary for the tour? We'll have to go to Maryland. Can we add them to the Golden Miles? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of down that way, yeah, isn't it? So I think it's up to there the right somewhere. side. Yeah. So her legacy has been immense. And like I said, her nutshells are still used as teaching devices today, the oldest of which is 75 years old, which is pretty incredible. Wow. It goes to show that you're never too old to make a difference. Because she really only started what would become her lifelong legacy in her mid-50s before that society fully repressed her. Isn't it? Yeah. And she wanted to make a difference in some way. Remember, she's like, I want to be a doctor or a nurse. And then she wasn't allowed to do either of those things. And then in her way, she, you know, she found her way anyway. Yeah. It feels like like as as much as she did for crime scene investigation and stuff, it feels like just equality and- Law enforcement seems like she did quite a lot. Absolutely, yes. Frequently, like, a lot of articles refer to how she was the only woman in the room. Yeah, Like, wow. nearly all of her career. <laughs> which, like I said, started in the 50s, which is amazing. But, you know, because of her dedication, she really won over a lot of people and she was suspected in her lifetime and in death, which is great. And you'll see, like, if you watch one of the CSI franchises, <laughs> women do star in these shows now. You're right. Yeah. Shit. And that yeah. happened because of her. I think so. Wow. Yeah. So, this was all in Maryland, was it? Is that what you said? We've got to go to Maryland? No, it was in ha- Harvard, but now it's been- All the nutshells have been moved to Maryland. Maryland, okay. With one of the Harvard professors when he moved there. I, br- been- I follow one of the-, the I follow a Maryland uh, uh, social media thing because I, I think at some point in an episode ages ago, I started going for their college basketball team thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course you did. Go, go Torpens or whatever they're called. Bernie Torpens? No. <laughs> it wouldn't be Torpens. I don't know. Just with the Maryland team. I don't know. I think it's the Maryland Bernie Torpens. <laughs> I prefer, uh, personally prefer the Utah Elton Johns. Ah, that's nice. That's right. Put them together there. Yeah. What a combo. Beautiful. Terrapin. <laughs> <laughs> that's not far off. Bernie Terrapin? What does Terrapin mean? Is it a bird? I don't know if it is a bird, but a guy called Bird came up with it. Oh. That's what I was thinking. I definitely had Bird. In the on the brain, Terra Bernie Terrapin, they're turtles. Oh, that's great! I love a turtle. Yeah, that's back an on bo- awesome back on board. mascot. Back on board. Wow, go love Terrapins! Go Terrapins! I'm going to say they're they're now my uh, college team of whatever sport they play. I think they play a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. To wrap this all up, in 2017, all of the 19 surviving nutshells were reunited for the first time in decades for an art exhibition called "Murder Is Her Hobby: Francis Glesner Lee and the Nutshell Studies of Unexplained Death." And this was at the prestigious Renwick Gallery, a branch of the Smithsonian American Art Museum in Washington D.C. It's right next to the White House. Very cool. Cool. Frances Glesner Lee's legacy lives on. And something that made me smile is, you know, when her family, they didn't approve of her wanting a vocation of any description. Yeah. And it was only after they died that she was able to do what she wanted. Well, I find it interesting to note that the website for her family home that I'm so obsessed with, it writes, 
daughter, Frances Glesner Lee, is perhaps the most famous of the Glesner family. She was a pioneer in the field of legal medicine and is widely regarded as the mother of forensic science. So she outshone them all. Yes. Love that. Which is awesome. And also mother of forensic science. That's why she's getting the Mother's Day cards. <laughs> oh. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense that actually makes sense. I, I- yeah, no, I got defensive there yeah. straight away, didn't I? I didn't you think do. about it. It's actually See, a nice tribute. You, yeah. I, I try and do what I call positive feminism. Uh-huh. I think sometimes you're a bit negative with it. Yeah. And I think it's something that you can reflect on. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank no, you for that. Yeah. Hey, no worries. Thanks. That's what I'm here for. I needed that. I'm leaning in and I'm letting you know how you can improve mm. as a feminist. <laughs> I think that's my role. No. Just one more thank you, please. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> now, I mentioned CSI at the start. Well, Francis got the ultimate tribute. The nutshell studies of unexplained death provided the inspiration for the miniature killer, who was a recurring character in season seven of CSI. And this is possibly even a a greater tribute. The Smithsonian ponders that she may have been the inspiration (laughs) for Angela Lansbury's character in Murder, She Wrote, Jessica Fletcher. Whoa. That's cool. That is cool. That's cool. That is Dave, this whole thing was cool. You didn't have to convince us of anything. Okay. But we, we agree. You finally did. But finally <laughs> right we agree. This is cool. Yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Holy shit, that is sick. Jessica Fletcher. I think they they dumbed down her name a bit, to be honest. Should have gone for Perkins. <laughs> the smartest name of all. Yeah. Well, I was thinking- Why did you laugh when you said that? I'm very smart. I was thinking Glisten Lee or whatever it was. <laughs> oh. Francis Glisten Lee? Uh, Blewett Lee. Francis Blewett-Lee. No, Francis Glesner-Lee. Sorry, yes. Francis Glesner-Lee. Francis Jessica. Yeah, I think you can see. Yeah. Fletcher Glesner-Lee. Yeah. Do you hear it? Do you, you hear, hear it? this? It's the hear same. It? If you listen. If you're listening. If you're listening. If it puts you on our listening ears. Ladies don't uh, sweat, they, they listen. They listen, okay? Hey, two ears. <laughs> yes. Use them. <laughs> Stupid. Well, I feel like every week we- uh, Say a stupider thing than yeah, the last. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how we keep how doing do we keep it. Doing? We've got, we're up to a run of 431 in a row. Where we're just, just keep, keep raising that bar yeah. somehow. I guess, I guess the day that we come in here and we're all very intelligent is the day we just yeah, shut up shop. we go, yeah. well, we, we had a good run. We had a good run. <laughs> we, we shake hands and we yeah, leave. <laughs> <laughs> Never to see each other again. A good day to you and, and a good day to, to you. Sir. <laughs> and off we go. How good is it to be alive? All right. Um, <laughs> so- I think, Dave, if that is That's your- it. That's all I got for you. I wow. love that story. I know, knew nothing of it, and what a great story. Yeah. The You took us all over the shop there, and who knew we were going to end up with Bernie Terrapins? <laughs> go Terps. No, but you couldn't have predicted at the start of this. That's where we'd end up. Exactly. We go places that no one else dare. Remember, like, 15 minutes in, I went, Hepsburg's a bit You know? You couldn't have predicted we'd go on those journeys together. It's exciting. But, you know, it's all about the memories. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the people who make these memories possible <laughs> are our fantastic supporters. Yes. And if you want to be one of these supporters, you can go to patreon.com slash pod. It's a bunch of different levels, all sorts of different sort of money amounts and uh, different things you can get. I think Dave will explain this be- even better than I just did. Hey, if you support us, you can get a range of things. You can vote on topics. You can get <laughs> pre-sell. Yep. 
And no, I, think- I just like you. You had one thing, and then you kind of went. Um, uh. <laughs> you get, you get uh, access to tickets before everyone else. We tell you about yep. shows that we're doing. Tell you where we're going. You get to be in the the, the private VIP Facebook group, which is honestly, you're like Facebook group. Who cares? This is the only reason a lot of people in our group are still on Facebook. They say that a lot. Yep. Uh, the only reason I'm probably on there too. Yep. It's a Same very nice too. place. I really think the Zook should get involved and start. You know. Paying us all to be there. Yeah. I think would that I work with his business model if he just pays everyone like he should be funding our Patreon. You know what I mean? I yeah, agree. Okay. Yep. And we are happy to negotiate with the Zook. Yeah, if the Zook <laughs> is listening. And you also get Mark Zucchini or a lot of people sign up because they want to hear some extra content, some bonus episodes. And now we have over two hundred in the back catalogue that you get access to as soon as you sign up at that level. And also we put out three Brand new ones every single month, and hopefully later this year, we're very close to getting our goal. We're going to start releasing a fourth one, so basically one extra every week, and it will be a season, a brand new series of Do Go D and D Dungeons and Dragons, Do Go Dragons, whatever we're going to call it. Basically, us playing Dungeons and Dragons. We've already got one season up there on Patreon, and we're gonna we're gonna bring it back. Right. I, and last month we actually had uh, four bonus episodes because we had a two-parter. Uh, mm. About uh, called a new series uh, called Matt Remembers. Oh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a series. Um, <laughs> People loved it. They it's really enjoyed only it. only just bigger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt remembered uh, his uh, trip to the United States and he recounted what he did. It was basically a travel diary in yeah. audio form and it was- it was fun. It was really fun. It was good for Matt because, as we know, he's getting old and the brain just doesn't work the way it used to. Mm. And-, and they got a record for the great-great-great-great-grandchildren. Right. I also uh, did a, a bonus episode uh, that was really the full-length episode about another uh, awesome and little-remembered woman from uh, history who um, was the first to swim the English Channel. Yeah. And her name was Gertrude, and I think that's just neat. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually so much fun. That yeah, episode. it was a good one. Um. So, yeah, they're, they're all up there for uh, you to listen to if you want to get involved. But the first thing we like to do at the end of this episode, we, this, this half hour, 40 minutes at the end of each week, we dedicate to thanking our great supporters. And the first thing we like to do is a section of the show called the Fact, Quote, or Question section. It has a jingle, I actually think. goes something like, where does it go? Fact, Quote, or Question. <gasps> that's it. Ah, yes, that's right. He always remembers the ding. But luckily, she always remembers the jingle <laughs> as well as the sing. Mm-hmm. If there's no jingle, if there's no sing, cool. And so true. If you want to be involved in this section of the show, go to the patreon.com slash pod and sign up on the Sydney Scheinberg level or above. And you get to give us a fact quote or a question or a brag or a suggestion or really whatever you like. I don't read them out until I read them out on the show. And that's really just forewarning that I might stuff these up or they might be really awful things and I can't help it. I'm reading the words, you know, <laughs> like a guy on a train track putting a track down one by one. I don't know where we're ending up. Yeah. First up this week, I read four out. The first one comes from Amy Clark and everyone also gets to give themselves a title and Amy's title is Brigadier General. Brigadier. Uh, Brigadier. Brigadier General. Yeah. Forgettable name. <laughs> Amy Clark uh, does have a forgettable I, name. I wouldn't but- forget that because it's so boring. I also think I think Amy Clark's a really I like Amy Clark. Almost as an anything goes with Clark. Clark's great. Amy's a great name. Yeah, I like Amy. Clark, I think it's a great combo. I take it back. Amy Clark's great. Do you think it goes well with Clark? Clark, 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 Clark. Clark, Clark. Clark. <laughs> if, if you're a chicken. <laughs> a choking chicken. Choke the chicken. Okay. That's a euphemism. Probably. I would put you on timeout, but this is sort of your part it's of my the show. I just shut him out, and he knows that, and he's taking it for a walk. I know, and it's an absolute piss take. Yeah, you are taking the piss over we there. We will be having a chat well, with you after the pod, mate. Our editor, AJ, over in the beautiful 
uh, Christchurch city of New Zealand. Can you just, I'll, I'll have a time out, but you just edit it out so the listeners don't have to sit through it. Great. All right. Well, that was longer than I was expecting. <laughs> Jess, you made me wait a full three hours, but yep. yeah. I've learnt my lesson. You made him uh, well, stand in the corner and stare at the wall. I'm late for my dinner plans, but it was worth it. Uh, I hope AJ cut that out. Otherwise, we might be heading towards our longest ever episode. Um, anyway, Amy Clark is offering a quote this week, writing, Due to being older than time itself, I no longer remember- Wait, you're, you're a fellow- You can't be as old as the wind. The earth was so lonely back then. <laughs> Surely I would have bumped into you. Due to being older than time itself, I no longer remember where I first heard this quote from Dorothy Parker that is stuck in my brain th- uh, uh, through the ages. Dorothy Parker. I know that name. Mm, me too. I can't remember. You read. I'll Google. Uh, the cure for boredom is curiosity. There is no cure for curiosity. That's a great quote. American poet and writer. Ah, uh, yes. Dave would know that. Did you know that, Dave? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, Amy finishes by saying, thanks for being one of the rare podcasts that feel uh, that both fuels and sates my curiosity in equal measure, all while being hilarious and delightful along the way. You three are beyond compare. Oh, my oh God, my Amy. Oh, my goodness, Amy, please- Amy. I'm blushing. Amy, I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, Amy, you baby. don't- You don't know, but <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> After the three hours in the corner, yeah. I was at a low ebb. Yeah. yeah. And for you to include me in the three like that, yeah. that felt really good. I needed that. So often people say, uh, Jess and Dave are so good. And then they notice I'm standing in the room. They say, oh, and, and, and you. Matt. And, and, and Matt. And Matt. Very good. Matt. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. Very, very nice. Uh, next one comes from Paul Meller. Oh, what a man. And Paul. What a man, what a Meller. What a man, what a man. You're warming up for the triptych <laughs> section there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Paul's title is That Guy on the Customer Helpline Growing Patiently Impatient. Oh. Paul also, uh, listeners might remember him, uh, he took us for a walk on the <laughs> yeah, epic right. St Kilda episode. That's right. We went for a lovely little wander. At one point, his dog went missing, but it <laughs> came back soon after. It was a roller coaster. It was a roller wow, coaster. It's exciting. Paul's asking a question, right? Oh, I've just missed it. You went there. No, and Jess has listened back there to all five hours. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> of course I have. <laughs> I couldn't miss out on five hours of pure entertainment. <laughs> That's a good app. People people have stopped me in the street. Is that true? Uh people have stopped me in the street, yeah. Not Just about this. Sell your stuff. <laughs> They're like, hey, love the beard. Hey, and um have you heard about <laughs> these great rates on telephones? <laughs> uh <laughs> Paul writes, Hi guys, hope you're well. I've been on hold on a customer helpline for 20 minutes now. Oh, dear. This is with a large UK electrical goods supplier. They sent me the wrong item, so I arranged a return slash replacement, and they've only gone and done the same again. (laughs) Can't get good help these days, right, Paul? Uh, (laughs) I'm now trying to just return it and get a refund. After trying the automated chat service that didn't work, I'm now just trying to speak to a person. I'm getting really frustrated with this, so my question is, what frustrates the hell out of you? I may still be on hold by the time this episode goes out. Keep up the great work and keep the faith, Paul. I'm guessing that's related to the Saints. Keep the faith. He's nah, a Saints man. It's just good advice. Or maybe he's, yeah, he's suggesting we all think about that carpenter that I once knew. Greg. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if the electronic retailer he went to is uh, is Argos. Oh. Is that the one? I'm pretty sure I've just... I- 
Yeah, that was the one we went into and I felt like we were in the future. It was a shop without products. <laughs> it doesn't have- All it has in the middle of the room is like a computer terminal and then you go up to it and you, you click what you want. Because we needed to buy a, a card reader so we could sell some merch on, right. on the tour that worked in the UK. And I walked in there and I'm like, oh, where's the stuff? And they're like, oh, no, it's, it's all in there. And then you go and you like look it up like, like you would. Online. On their yeah, on your online own computer. Store. Yeah. Yep. And then you click it and then you take your- a receipt up to the counter and they go, okay, and they go out the back and get it from like a warehouse, I assume. We captured some of this on uh, on camera, which- Couldn't uh, believe it. Connor That's put into a, a uh, our uh, travel log video, uh, which Dave and I have not reviewed. Mm. I reckon he edited that months ago. We should really <laughs> yeah. have, a, have a little peek at anyway, that. Anyway, it was very interesting. Yeah, wow. Oh, anyway, there's a question here. What really frustrates you? Jess, I feel like you're the one, you're, you're someone who can get frustrated. No. <laughs> I'm very patient and not at all emotional. It's funny, though, because I can't- th- I do get very frustrated all the time, very easily, but now I can't think of anything. Mm. I'm thinking- one that's just fresh in the mind because we talked about it on last month's bonus episode uh, about Gertie, yep. Gertrude, uh, Gertrude Eddely, Um people who who universalise their, yes, their experience. individual experience, they go- this is how it was for me. So this is how it is for everybody. You yeah. know, I remember it from back in in high school, coming up to exams. People would be like, "I'll be, I'll be cram." I was a crammer, right? So I'd be cramming studying the night before and the day of. And I remember people going, "Hey, if you haven't learned it by now, you won't learn it. Yeah, you can't get it." I'm like, "Well, this is actually me learning it. Okay, yeah. so shut the fuck up and yeah. let me. <laughs> can you just let me do it?" And they go, well, "It didn't help me, so just letting you know." And I'm like, "Well, I-, I don't care. I'm not you." Yeah, that is annoying. Well, so, you know, that, that's, I don't know if that's a good example, but that sort of stuff. I hate uh, fiddly little things and I'm really bad at, like, very easy practical things for most people. I was talking to you about this recently, opening, like, uh, packets of things like a cereal box or something. Oh, uh, yep. I'm very bad at getting my finger under there and opening it without just ripping the whole box open. Yep. And I find that so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and things like uh, getting glad wrap or foil out of the, you know, you pull it out and then you're supposed to use that thing that chops it off. Yeah, glad wrap is impossible. I glad wrap. I get so frustrated. I've used that cling wrap. But I, I get annoyingly, no like, over the top frustrated with yeah. glad wrap. Yeah. Did you just correct that because of your Triple J training? Can't say glad wrap's a brand. Oh no, it's that. Well, glad is a brand. So I thought people outside of Australia wouldn't know what it is. We're talking about cling wrap. We're talking about that those little fucking plastic rolls of yeah. shit that get me fired up. Yeah, I do forget. I can I can mention it's the big issues here. It's not a inequality, you know things. That- <laughs> uh, poverty is really annoying. Someone give me a tip at an exam when it. <laughs> What decades ago? Yeah, shut up! <laughs> I hate when people just suddenly stop in the middle of a footpath, like oh, right yeah. in the middle, and you're like, "All right, I'll go around you." Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I make a real song and dance oh, of that. When people don't wave after you let them in. Oh yes, yeah, you're an absolute one. dog. You piece of shit. You piece of shit. It's, it's the same with driving when the cars like clearly just looking for a spot and they're just st- stopping and slowing in the yeah. middle already. Like, you pull you- over and figure it out. Yeah, you're I'm not meant aware. to be somewhere else now. Fucking oh, dog. something that really annoys me is um. <laughs> I've got like a little mount for my phone. Yeah. It's like a magnetic thing that I put, you know, when I'm listening to something. Mm-hmm. I've also got the maps open or whatever. Yep. But the lead that charges the phone goes up over the dashboard and it's it goes right over the play and pause button. Fantastic. So often the cable just bumps it and it will pause the podcast. Yeah. And I'll go, all right, play again. And it will happen about five times in a minute. And that yep. really frustrates me. That's yeah. grind for my gears. That grinds yeah. your gears. 
These are kind of petty gripes you yeah, want, Paul, because we think- got them. Because he didn't. He didn't. He was talking about being on hold. Yeah, that's right. No, I think it's the I other think, ones go without saying. I think the tone he's going for is look, there's little things that, you, that really get you. My all time one, and you two are well aware of this. <laughs> You're settling in. You know where I'm going. Yes. Please. You're settling on the plane. Yep. Uh, you've you've selected a movie. Mm-hmm. They've gone through all the safety stuff. Everyone's we're well and truly in the air. We're in the air, and then the pilot just likes to chirp in, and for some reason it's not optional. If the if the pilot wants to, say, uh, <laughs> so we're that. cruising <laughs> at seven uh, thousand feet. Yep, and uh, the, the destination mm-hmm. uh, weather is. Uh, and you're like, we're not going to be there for ten hours. I don't yeah. care what the this weather's like. I can't. I can't change now. Yeah, no, I don't the care clothes that I've north- got are the clothes I've got. Yeah, there's a northwesterly blowing in Heathrow now. I don't, I don't give care. a shit. I guess tell me right as we're about to land, but I still don't care because again, I like this is what I wore, so I don't I, give a shit. And I don't, I don't mind him saying it. Yeah, but just make it optional that the movie is paused. Yeah. Um, it should be there. Should be two streams, all right. The pilots, hey, I need to tell you something important for your safety yes. right now. That pauses the movie. Of course. The other one is, you know, maybe there's a. I've some, got some inane bullshit yeah, to tell you. Just want to have a waffle. Yeah, I'm doing that because I think they only do it to just to to make you all feel at ease, like they're in control, right? That's the point of it. But I only and, felt um, that. Uh, definitely, you know what I'm doing up here. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you were just trying to watch Cars. <laughs> Yeah, I moved on. No, the Incredibles too. Incredibles too. <laughs> never, never got through it. Can I have? Can I share one more that uh, frustrates of me? Okay, so a little while ago, the um, uh, building managers of my apartment building decided to build a new fence out the front, and it had they built gates because they were annoyed that every now and then somebody would walk down a little pathway on the side of our building to cut the corner. They were annoyed that people did that, so they put in a new fence and gates, which now means every single delivery cannot be delivered because they can't open the gate because there's no clear handle on the outside. <laughs> you have to, like, reach through a gate to pull a latch to open the gate. So nobody- They've taken the smallest problem and they've turned it into a bigger one. And, and they're all but- old, so I'm like, are you not getting deliveries? Every time I order food, I have to go down to them because they're like, I'm stuck, I can't get in. I don't know. So what was the big deal about people cutting the corner? I have no idea. They were just annoyed that people were like, sort of this like- This is our- Oh, the body corporate was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. So they've they've made themselves a bigger problem. Yeah. It is funny how people do get very, um, this is my patch. Yeah. Hey, what, what are you doing? Are but you- also, like- Oh, you're here to- um, Give me a present. Sorry. <laughs> there's like 38. Oh, thank you. There's 38 apartments. You know every single person who might come and go from that apartment. Like maybe and their one, friends and family. Maybe and- one or two people did it every now and then. And I understand that's annoying. But now there's a loud gate that bangs every time somebody does come home, and it's right out the front of somebody's bedroom. That's funny. And it annoys the shit out of me. And I order Uber, and they're always like, "I can't get in." I'm like, "You can." And they're like, "I can't." And I'm like, "Fuck it, I gotta go down the stairs." <laughs> thank you, body corporate. Does my head in? Body corporates in general, are, the I think worst. they don't tend to be too good. No. Uh, thank, thank you for so letting much. me get that off my chest. And thank you so it. much for that uh, opportunity, Paul, mm. that he yeah, fought, thanks, Paul. Uh, afforded you there. Feels good. Uh, next one comes from Ben Johnson, a.k.a. Schmoisen Taste Tester. Brackets, not yet poisoned. Do you remember Schmoisen? I can't quite remember what it was, but it's an old reference to something. Schmoisen. Oh, my God. Does that, ring, does that ring any bells? Ben, I'm sorry. Schmoisen. Schmoisen. I do remember Schmoisen, but I can't quite place it. If Dave doesn't remember, we're- yeah, We're stuffed, fucked. yeah. We're yeah. fucked. 
Uh, Schmoys and poison. <laughs> anyway, Ben is asking a question, writing, Hey, guys, are you taking any time off Christmas slash New Year's season and what are you up to? Well, this is, we're now in uh, late January, but what did we do? We did take some time off. We did take some time off. But yeah. not, the podcast still kept coming out. Well, yeah. that's because, yeah, we are recording this before. Yeah. That's, we're getting ahead of time, so. This is probably coming out while we're still on holidays, if that makes you feel better, Ben. But the episodes will come out because that's we, we never miss an episode. So now we're trapped in that cycle. Well, and, and I, we I think miss. that's, I'm almost proud of it. I am proud of that. Almost. <laughs> almost, but sometimes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we've taken some time off. Yeah. Um, when's this one coming out? Let me uh, I think it's like 24th or something. 20. Mine was oh, yeah. a pre- I think mine would have been a pretty low-key Christmas. I was in Melbourne this year with uh, my side of the family catching yep. up and then just chilling out. There was a, a couple of weeks off any work. So that was, I assume, lovely. Yeah. I, I got hope, a very I chill hope Christmas it was. this I hope year it will as well. be. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just hanging in Melbourne around at my folks' place for Christmas, which um, they rotate it with mum's uh, brother and sister. Nice. Each year, they were three-way rotation. Good to have three. That's good. You get a yeah. couple of years off. That's yep. good. Rather so, than one, then the other. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I'm looking, really looking forward to that. And then, yeah, probably head to the country um, for, a, for a bit of time over yep. New Year's. I'll have headed to the beach. I'll, and by the time this comes out, I'll have, I'll be back from a little week in Tassie as well. Oh, that's so, so nice. Very nice. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I don't know why I said the country. I'm going to Bright. Country. It's Country. It's the it's a very a beautiful touristy town, but it'll be super overcrowded. But yep. it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be really nice. Yeah, there's a reason everyone's there because it's nice. It's a great town. I mean, uh, our family has been you know we go we go back there, uh, yeah, you know, about 150 yeah, years. Exactly. So uh, you know, all of a sudden these city slickers are coming up there for their holidays. Like, all right, here we yeah, go. Yeah, right, I mate. <laughs> this is my slice of paradise. I yeah. put up a gate. Because um, people yeah. cut through. <laughs> it's so annoying. Uh, but my, my folks have, well, I don't know if I've talked about them on the podcast before, they've got a, like a caravan site there and they're knocking them all down. So it, yeah. the bright dream for us might, we won't get up there as much as we used to. Mm. So this will be the last it's getting Christmas expensive time. Yeah. Because it's getting so popular. Yeah. It's only for the fucking, you know, the, the one percenters like you two. <laughs> probably be a girl, you'd probably still heading up there. Yeah, I'll still be going to Bright. I bought Bright. Oh, you bought it? Yeah, well, I bought outright. Bright. Bought out Bright. I said, how much? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I, I got right. that in the car. I'll keep the change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I can't wait. Love love getting up there. And yeah, watching a bit of cricket. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Pakistan's coming out. West Indies. Uh, I don't know if they'll be great challenges to Australia. Dave, what do you reckon? Oh, I mean, you never want to say that. Yeah. Do you want my opinion too? <laughs> yeah. I reckon um, everyone's going to have fun. I hope so. I only asked Dave because he's a cricket man. And then yeah. we're into the Aussie Open. We've got the tennis happening. Yes. Yeah, it's mm. a beautiful time in, in, in Australia, in Melbourne. Summer's mm. here, baby. Can't wait. I'll, I'll Actually, I I'll, would have already been to Perth for the um, fringe world over there. Oh, wow. That's wow. really early this year. Yeah, it's in Jan and then I'll be, I'm, oh. I'll be going to Adelaide soon. Shit, that's I'm exciting. S- I'm seeing a bit of this wide brown land. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> anyway, um- I always ask people who ask a question to answer their question, and Ben has done so, writing, In my new job, it's a lot more difficult to listen to podcasts while working, so I've started to fall behind and have a bit of a backlog. Thankfully, I've got some time- Yeah, he's still back where Schmoisen was a reference. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's not going to hear this till Easter. <laughs> Thankfully, I've got some time off in December that I'm going to use to relax, build some big Lego sets, 
that I've re- which I I mean similar to painting small figurines. I think it's really cool. And um, <laughs> I thought whatever. I'm. It's I felt so stupid after like sounding like I was judging that guy. I didn't. He was a. I still think of him a no, cool guy. No, it was guy. just unexpected. Oh, yeah, it from was. that person. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand that. You are sort of like, oh yeah, okay. Well, if that's what you like to do, go for it. But yeah. It's it, you yeah. didn't expect that person to be doing yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah. Lego sets uh, yeah. that I've recently wasted money on and catch up on those podcasts. I'm currently building the Lego Sanctum Sanctorium. Oh. San- Sanctum Sanctorum from Doctor Strange. Oh, cool. As opposed to the uh, the Oxford Dictionary guy. What was his? The Scriptorium. The Scriptorium. <laughs> uh, saying that- uh, And he's also listening to Matt Remembers, the bonus <laughs> episode about the trip to America. <laughs> Then I've got three episodes of Two in the Think Tank, some Weekly Planet, and a whole bunch of others to enjoy. Ooh, you've got Jeez. your work cut out yeah. for you on it's holidays. Like, it's called it's a holiday. This yeah. sounds like bloody <laughs> a nine to five. Yeah. I think uh, you better be getting up bright and early, my friend. By the time you're reading this, I've probably finished those Lego sets and got a new backlog of podcasts to catch up on. Mm. Keep up the good work. Love you guys. And happy 2024, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. And happy 2024. Hopefully your uh, wedded bliss continues. He got married, right? Or engaged? Remember, he showed us his ring when Definitely we were in England. Engaged, I, think. I mean his his engagement ring, not his not his butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Can they stay in? Ask <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <laughs> question, Ben. I'm, I feel like oh, I don't know why, but I'm losing my mind. All right, uh, is this the last one this week from Katie Watson? Uh, now Katie Kalu. Must change my patron name after getting married. Katie Kalu. Katie Kalu. Hello, Katie Kalu. <laughs> that name rules. Yeah, Katie from Katie Watson again. I'd say a rock solid, great name. But Katie Kalu, that's all of a sudden you're opening doors for <laughs> yeah. Katie Kalu. Yeah. Katie Kalu, how do you do? <laughs> <laughs> and Katie's uh, given themselves the title of certified Dugo on file storage organizer. Oh, thank God. Asking like that. Yeah, thank yeah. You. a question. Hey, Aussie mates, I wanted to ask you if you ever have had a spooky or paranormal experience uh, and has answered this. Do you want me to read her answer first? Yeah. Or? Now, Mrs. Kalu does not usually mess with ghosts. Oh, I love a bit of third person early. Yeah, I love that. Well, there hasn't been a Mrs. Kalu in these parts for <laughs> several years. Uh, in fact, I'm absolutely terrified of anything paranormal paranormal but lately i've discovered a youtube channel called the overnight channel in which a group of guys stay overnight in haunted locations no last night i was woken up at 3 a.m by a little noise that sounded like a whisper but i couldn't work out what it was saying when i looked up at the wall there was also a little red square flashing kind of reminded me of those little cat laser pens you can get I have no idea what it could have been anyway i'm now concerned i've let some sort of demon in after watching the show and I will now be retiring from watching anything spooky ever again. That's a good call. Oh, that's fun. I I love um I kind of I don't really believe in it, but I want to. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I love the idea of there being more, you know? Yeah. It's like I see a ghost, I'm like, holy shit. There's so much stuff that I don't understand. I will haunt you if I'm given the opportunity to. That would be really great if you yeah, could. Yeah, I want you to know that. Both of you. I mean, you do. Me too. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to specifically haunt your bathroom, Dave. Oh, what have I done? So you're always like, oh, I need to poo. 
I really need to go. <laughs> I need to shower and she's in there. Oh, don't look. Yeah. Jess, no. But I'll be looking. Oh, no, the, that was creepy. That was too creepy. I'll keep the curtain closed. Thank you. Yeah, it's I'm a, a ghost, idiot. You've I can go anywhere. <laughs> I have a shower curtain now, but I'll have a toilet <laughs> curtain then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember after my granddad died and I I don't know if this was just me. Was, I'm guessing now that it was just my brain trying to comfort me, but I that the night of his funeral- I felt like he was sitting at the end of my bed, right? Oh. I could like I could feel it. Felt like he was wow. sitting there. Yeah, that's nice. And it was really nice and comforting. Yeah. And I, but looking back, I'm and I fully believed that it was it happened for a while. But um, looking back, I'm guessing I was just you know, well, my brain giving myself a bit of comfort. But whatever. I guess it's that same sort of thing we've said about like psychics and that before. Like if it brings you comfort, yeah, then I don't see any harm. And they're not asking you to. Yeah, make a monthly. That's it. The ones yeah. that are like pay, pay, put really exploited your life, exploited savings into or whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it is funny that we are thanking the people that do give monthly <laughs> donations. That are podcasters, of course, uh, very above board, not yes. exploitative at all, <laughs> not at all. I haven't had any. Uh, I don't think any sort of paranormal experiences. My partner, he and his family used to go to a house in Goulburn in New South Wales that go there a bit and he is convinced it was haunted and had like several sort of weird experiences there and he keeps saying like we'll go one day and I'm like <laughs> fuck no hell no he's like no nah, 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 it'll be fine I'll be with you and I'm like I don't give a shit why would I'll I go there why would let's I go? go okay you can go on a romantic getaway with him then thank you great is that no, too Matt, much ask? thank you no I don't know oh you're talking about with Aiden yeah I'd go anywhere with Aiden <laughs> His book, he wrote a book about like, um, what do you call it, reincarnation and stuff. Yes, yeah. Uh, loved it. Loved that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was it called again? Secret Life of Reincarnation pets? of Tom. <laughs> reincarnation of Tom. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Um, You'll never guess the main character's name, <laughs> Greg. But the I, I was on, uh, I think in November, I was on Tom Tran's podcast mm-hmm. called uh, Spooky Funny. Scary funny, scary funny, and it and they showed uh, Tom showed me photos that made me think. I'm like, if you if people are inter- interested in that sort of stuff, he showed me photos that really made me think. Holy shit! If this is real, then wow. Yeah, cool. Uh, I was um, uh, yeah, it made me feel something. I don't do spooky. I'm too easily scared. Dave, uh, I I've not had any paranormal activities mm. or uh, sort of. Things from beyond, but I did the one of the scariest places I've ever been was about 15 years ago when I was what about 18 or so. Myself and two other friends, it was not my idea, no, three other friends went to La Rundle, which was an infamous abandoned like mental asylum. Oh, that had been abandoned for a long, long time. And we went there at night, like midnight or something. And it was scary because of like you know, it was dark. Mm. There's holes in the wall. There's like lots of graffiti going on in there, and it's it was going on. Yes, in front of your eyes. No, no, there is. Uh, but that's the thing that you. There's probably other people in there because it's so big. Yeah, and it was very, very scary. Yeah, and I, th- I believe it has since been knocked down and turned into a Coles shopping centre. Whoa, oh, the spookiest thing of all. But um, but yes, that was. The only time I've ever been anywhere that the other people that you would go if you're like a you know a paranormal yeah right hunter yep. 
Mm. And it was terrifying. That's sick. But you love X-Files and stuff like that? Love the X-Files, but I, th- I like that because it's not too scary. I don't really like scary movies right. or horror movies really at all. But mm-hmm. I love I lo- do love the X-Files. Yeah. But I love their balance of humor and also, I don't know, shock, I guess. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for that question, Katie Kalu, and Katie a Kalu to you, Katie too. Katie to you. And Ben and Paul and Amy, appreciate that. Yeah, so Sydney Schoenberg level, if you want to get involved in the facts, quotes, and questions. The next thing we like to do is uh, shout out and thank a few of our other great supporters. We normally uh, thank three each. Mm-hmm. Just normally comes up with a game based on the topic of the day. I thought it could be um, what they are the mother of. Oh, yeah, great. Everyone's mother. Do you have a, a mother generator? I'll look it up. <laughs> That can't be possible, can it? No. Uh, No, this time I'll use my imagination. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, if I can kick us off. Yes. I'd love to thank from Panorama in South Australia, Emily Aubrey. Oh, that is a great name. Great name. Emily Aubrey. And both spelled differently to you expect. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Emily Aubrey, the mother of- Swiss cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yep. The holiest of mothers. (laughs) That's something. That is something. That, that is mother, Teresa. something. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Emily. Emily, and I should say, if anyone's listening, going, I've been signed up uh, and should have had a shout out sometime. At the moment, the wait's about four or five months. If you've been on for longer than that, Emily was patiently waiting for about 18 months and just recently- Oh, I thought at one messaged. stage it was around 18 months. It got out really long, but it's like it's, it's about- Six months or less now. I okay, think. great. So yeah, if you've been a patron for six months or more, and you don't think you've had your shout out, DM me on Patreon. Yeah. That's the best place to do it because I will double check for yeah. you. Yeah, and yeah, no stress at all. If you are worried, anyone who's worried, please uh, just message and yeah. say, "Hey, just Matt's uh, never going to respond to be like, oh, I'm idiot, <laughs> shut up." You know, he's very I, nice. I, it'll either be potentially you've you've missed it, but potentially like with Emily, I've missed it. Yeah, and I I'd hate to think that I've missed you. And if you've missed it, we can tell you which episode it was. Exactly. Well, wow. one time someone said, "Don't tell me exactly because uh, I want to I want to listen back." But can you give me a a basic idea? Okay. Yeah. I'm like, so I gave them like a- A range? Like a 10-episode okay. range. Oh, I'm thinking yeah, about right. sometime in the first 400 episodes. Because yeah. they wanted to be surprised oh, still. That's cute. Very cute. Uh, also, may I thank from Dublin in Ireland, it's Jadini. Jadini, great name. Jadini. Now, Jess is, uh, is our Islophile. Yes, I'm an Islophile. Erinphile. Yes. I don't, I don't know what the word is. Yep. Uh, and so, you can finish this for me. The mother of- Tin Whistle- Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh can you play a little bit? I can. But not you need a I don't whistle. have a tin oh, whistle okay. on me right now. Well, do you want, it's, I think it's one of my noises. <laughs> yeah, I think it sh- it should be. Good. Ship to Shore? Yes. yes. <laughs> Love it. Very good. What a show. Did you know Ship to Shore was on the Tin Whistle? I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Well, it wasn't initially. Uh, that was that was a, a, the B-side. Yeah, the B-side. Was I bought the vinyl. <laughs> that is, wow. Brought back a lot of memories. Thank you. <laughs> um, what, what is the Irish equivalent of Anglophile is what I'm looking up. <laughs> what is the Irish equivalent of Ship to Shore? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're gonna- <laughs> What's their Ship to Shore <laughs> called? Oh, it's a uh, hibernophile. What? Hibernophile. 
There you go. Never heard of it. Cool. Um, that's beautiful. Thank you, Jadini. And uh, finally for me, if I may, I'd love to thank from San Bernardino, California. San Bernardino. JD984. Oh, JD984. Is of course the mother of Simi. <laughs> Simi. Simians. Simians. Mother of Simians. Simians. Wow. Simi. I thought I might have backed myself into a corner there. Simians. Well done. Yeah. yeah. I know when uh, you start saying a word, it just comes out as a word. Yeah. But for me, it often is a sound. It is. And it's fun. It's it fun is to fun see to where it goes. Fun to see, fun to hear, fun to watch. Yes. Simi. Simi. <laughs> yeah, JD984, mother of Simians. May I thank some people? Oh, my God. That would be would so right? great. Okay. It wouldn't be all right. It would be fantastic. Oh, thank goodness. Um, I would love to thank from, oh, location unknown. Oh, oh okay. It's mysterious. Can only assume deep within the fortress of the moles. I would love to thank Elise Trewick. Did you say Trewick? Elise Trewick. 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 I don't know. Mm, Trewick, maybe. Trewick. Trewick. Great name, though. Yeah. Great name. If it was in England, they they just often get rid of the wick, don't they? What's a, one of the wicks? And they just say, Trek. Probably, if it was English, it'd probably be Elise Tre. Tre. <laughs> they have so many letters and don't pronounce any of them. Yeah. Neither do we, though, to be fair. Huh? Huh? <laughs> Elise. Jim Owen a- used to do a bit about, I was thinking about that before, how he'd be like, Irish people don't pronounce, we pronounce every little bit of a word, whereas Irish people don't. He's like, you know, you hear, you say flower. And they say flower. We say flower. Yeah. Flower. <laughs> you say flower. 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 Beautiful country. That is Beautiful so lovely. Country. That'd be the, that's, is he North Irish? North. Yeah. Um, Elise is, of course, the mother of. Whiteboards. 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 Yeah. Yes. Cop that blackboards. Yeah. Exactly. That chalk, annoying. Hard mm. to write with. Yeah, it makes a horrible sound. Hard to wipe off. Whiteboard marker, beautiful. Oh, mm. my gosh. Love that squeak. Glides. Speakers <laughs> 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 in the room. Oh, <laughs> fuck. That was a permanent marker. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck, that was permanent chalk. You never heard that. You never heard that. That's why blackboards are <laughs> superior. Okay. Yes, you're right. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Elise. But, w- Elise, you fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> I would also love to thank from Face Safety Safety Bay okay. in Western Australia, Caitlin Berry. Sounds like they're overcompensating calling it Safety Bay. Isn't safety it? Bay. Some, you know, some bad shit's gone down there. So oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is Safety no, Bay. No, 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 no. Everyone's welcome here at Safety Bay. <laughs> Bring Hi- your kids. Hibernia. This is from something 20 minutes ago. Yep. Hibernia uh, was the word ancient Romans referred to Ireland with. So ah, that's why it's Hibernophile. 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 And, uh, the, and the antonym, of course, Hibernophobe. People who oh. hate the Irish. Oh. Well, I challenge you to find me a hibernophobe and I'll punch him in the jaw. You're a big hibernophile. Big time. Yeah. Maybe too much. Yeah, tone it down. Caitlin Berry. Caitlin Berry, what a name. Of Pearl. Mother of Pearl. What does that mean? Wow. That, that's something, isn't it? Yeah. What is it? It's like a it's the mother of Pearl. Oh. <laughs> it's the Wait, the mother of the mother of Pearl. Mother of the mother, mother of, of the mother of Pearl. Right. Mother of Pearl. It's that substance that you have on sh- on seashells. 
Yeah, it's it's oh, an it's organic, like inorganic composite material. Obviously, you idiot. Uh, how do you not know these things? <laughs> also known as NACA. <laughs> oh, I'm knackered. Is that where that comes from? Yes. Mother of NACA. Naker. It's kind of like, you know, it gives it a bit of a, a shimmery, pearlescent sort of look. Pearlescent. Love that. It might, it's NACA or NACRAE. N-A-C-R-E. Probably NACRAE. Mate, I'm absolutely knackered right now. I'm knackered right now. <laughs> I've got mother of pearl all over my face. I wonder, I wonder if I- <laughs> Oh, no. You're, you're right to look at me like that, Jess. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going, and then I said it, and you were right to look you're at me crook. much like that. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. Just let me move on. Just yes. let me move on. I wonder okay. if Caitlin Berry would be able to find any mother of pearl on Safety Beach, where they're from. I assume so. It's Safety Bay. Safety Bay. Sorry. Safety Beach is somewhere else. Uh, that's in Victoria. I believe. Anyway, I would also love to thank, also from Western Australia, this time in Eglinton, I would love to thank Sarah. 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 Sarah is the mother of- Don Johnson, the old actor. <laughs> yeah. Dakota oh. Johnson's dad. Dakota Johnson's dad, yeah. yeah. So, Sarah's so also- Dakota Johnson's grandmother is yep. Sarah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Who's so we Dakota for- Johnson? An, an actor, Don Johnson's daughter. Oh, yep. I should have put two and two together. Yeah. Um, so, there you go, Sarah. You're a grandmother. Is that what you wanted? <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank what? you for supporting the show. What? We're losing our minds. Yeah, yeah. Your granddaughter's very successful. Don Johnson is a great name. Don Johnson. Don Johnson. I, we had friends recently have a baby and named him Don. Just Don. Don is so good. Don. How good is that? Granddad names are back. Baby Don. Don. Uh, Bruce. We got a friend called kids Bruce oh, recently. That right? rules, don't we? Bruce, who? I don't know if I don't know. Well, someone who's been on the show before. I don't know if they have. I don't know if we. I don't know. I can't think of who it is. So that's exciting. Tell me later. Okay. Um, Dave, do you want to thank some people? Hey, I would like to thank from a location unknown, probably also deep within that fortress. It's a big fortress. Mm. I would like to thank Luke Watson. Luke Watson, mother of. Jugs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Mother Jugs. Mother Jugs. What are you talking about? Beer Jugs? Beer Jugs, yes. Beer Jugs. Yep. Give oh, me another wow. jug. Go get around a Jugs. Water Jug? Water Jug. Whatever yes. kind of jug. Any jug. All Jugs. <laughs> yes, there's a jug of water over there. It's tits. No. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, tits. mate. Oh, get, get out of there. This is going to be the funniest word to say. Are we talking are tits? Are we talking tits? Are <laughs> 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 we talking tits? Wait, wait, is it? Are we talking tits? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I, I zoned out for a second, but I'm back now. Uh, I'm back. Jugs, we talking tits? We're talking, well, we're talking hey, boys, tits. We're talking tits. <laughs> uh, the jugs? Are we talking tits? <laughs> What's wrong with well, we've us? We've got another episode of recording. I know, it's, it's, I'm in so much pain. <laughs> oh. I would like to also thank from <laughs> thank Hast- you, Hastings <laughs> Hastings on Hudson yes. in New York, mm-hmm. Lisa Vance. Oh, Vance. Mother of Holly Valance. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Kiss, kiss. Yeah. Um, and Lisa uh, or Holly didn't want to, you know, just cruise off her mother's name. So yeah. that's why she added the L. <laughs> Ow. She added the owl into Vance. At, at first, she was going to be uh, Holly L. Vance. Yeah. Went, no, I'm Holly Valance. Whoa, Holly, you've done it. It's good stuff. <laughs> I can see you being on Neighbours for multiple seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I think she married a billionaire, so good on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, she's fine. She's doing well. 
And also from the United States of America, this time in Texas, in Converse, I'd like to thank Mario Valdez. Ooh. Is that where the shoes come from? Probably. Wow, that's cool. I don't know. Mario Valdez. Holy shit, what a name. Incredible name. Mother. All right. Uh-huh. Let's do a three-worder. It's okay, always I'll the say best. mother of Dave, <laughs> yes. Jess, back to me, all right? Okay. Mother of- um, Christmas. Octopus. Sounds. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, I think that's, what, that's in the top thousand, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds. Christmas octopus sounds? Well, yes. How's the Christmas octopus sound again? Well, you know how I feel about Christmas in January. Um, I've kicked the Christmas tree out the front door. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give a shit about it anymore, but- all year round, I'm I'm there for Octopus Christmas, which to me is a, a different thing entirely. Well, this is what the Octopus Christmas sounds mm-hmm. is like. He's doing the tentacles with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was very good. Yeah, that was very good. Oh, gosh, that was lovely. That was beautiful. Thank you for that. Whoa, I genuinely, that felt like I passed out for a bit there. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much to Mario, Lisa, Luke, Sarah, Caitlin, Elise, JDJ, and Emily. And the last thing we need to do, Bob, is welcome in a solo inductee into the Triptych Club. Now, you explained this so well, I think. Thank you. Well, the the way the Triptych Club works is if you support the show for three consecutive years on the shout-out level or above, you are automatically inducted into the Triptych Club. Um, Once you're in, you cannot leave. You're in for life. And it's sort of like a cool, exclusive lounge, Mm. Um, like like one of those billionaire gentleman club type places. Holly Valance is probably in there Holly Valance has got one, absolutely. And uh, Matt's behind the – he's at the door. He's got the velvet rope. He's going to lift it for you to bring you in. He's going to tick your name off. Dave always books a band. Yeah. I'm behind the bar. This week I have made tiny little miniatures Ooh. of um, an assortment of cocktails and um, little tiny snacks but also little dead bodies. Holy shit. Yeah, well, it's quite That run till the end there, that was cute as shit. Actually, oh, little dead bodies could be cute. They're cute dead bodies. There's, yeah, anything smaller is cuter. That's right. So, like, a huge dead body, not cute. Creepy. A tiny little dead body. That's cute. We're getting a cute territory. Yep. But little, I mean, are we talking like the the cocktail glasses are tiny as well? Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny little martini glasses. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Very cute. I'm all in on this. I've and- got little tiny cocktail shakers. <laughs> and so I'm just going to like... They sound like they're going to be a nightmare to make. But, oh, yeah, big yeah. time. And there will be long lines. Three drops. Yeah, long lines at the bar. Yeah. So I'd stock up while you're there. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, order like 10 at a time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I reckon. And then you could just use your normal shaker and just no, pour them I'll out. No, I'll still be doing okay. it. 
And Dave, you normally book a band? Yeah, you're never going to believe it. Why? Obviously, we're talking about Nutshells Love on this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I couldn't believe that and they said yes. And obviously, The Who from all the CSI. Yeah, couldn't believe that uh, D's Nuts <laughs> said yes <laughs> to being you tonight. Wow. Nuts, D's Nuts. We got the D's Nuts. Yeah, great to have an Australian band in. We got the D's. We got the D's Nuts. We got wow, D's well nuts. done. That's huge. That's a great booking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Who didn't write back, so sorry Really? Let's. That's surprising. Uh, to them, I say, who? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's who you are now to us. Yep. Who? <laughs> you mean nothing to us. You're not the who. You're just who. Yeah. Uh, so, there's one name to come in this week. Fantastic uh, When you hear stuff. it, jump on in. Uh, let me lift this velvet rope. Come in, have a great time. Grab yourself a tiny drink or 10 or 20. Ha- however many you want. And get ready for the entertainment of these nuts. Uh, not these nuts, <laughs> the band these nuts, and um, uh, Dave's also on the on the stage. He's about to hype you up mm-hmm. with a bit of uh, weak wordplay. Uh, Jess will hype up Dave. All right, so are we ready? Yeah, one inductee this week. Here we go. Please make them welcome from Wellsville in Utah in the United States. It's Alison Paul. I don't feel Alison Paul. I feel Alison Rich. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, we're all in Wellsville tonight. Yeah, Wealthiesville. <laughs> yeah, let it rain. <laughs> take it, take it, take on these nuts. Two, three, four. <laughs> all right, thank you to everyone that was inducted there. Allison, just recapping. Um, <laughs> Good. That brings us to the end of the episode. Jess, what do we need to tell people before we go? Just that we love them mm. so much. Yeah. And we're sorry Can't for what we enough. said. We still love you. Yeah, whatever we said. We don't always like I swear you, to my but soul, we always love you. I don't mean it. I just want you back for good. That's right. Um, if you would like to suggest a topic, you can. There's a link in our show notes or go to our website, dogoonpod.com. Um, and anybody can suggest a topic. You can find us on social media at dogoonpod or dogoonpodcast on TikTok. That's right. And remember to wash behind your ears yes. and your butt. Oh, <laughs> Dave, boot at home. Uh, to Americans, that's your fanny. Your fanny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I said thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Later. Bye. <laughs>